Good day in a glargue, folks. It's Adam here. Thank you so much for checking out this latest episode of the Attitude Era podcast. But before we get to Unforgiven 2006, I want to take a minute here to tell you, if you didn't already know, there are now four new fabulous t-shirt designs available on the AE Podcast merch store. We have a lovely DX Green Season 5 logo, we have got a special Kane font chemicals shirt, we've got Hulk Hogan bleeding out of his eyes, and we have got a regrettable Shrek Loves Pie t-shirt. The t-shirt design that many are saying should not have been made. All four of these new designs are available alongside our classic t-shirt designs in a wide range of colours, shapes and sizes shipping worldwide. You can find our merch store at allmylinks.com forward slash aepodcast, that's allmylinks.com slash aepodcast, where you will also find a quick easy link to our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash AEPodcast, where a $5 backing gets you instant access to over 250 hours of content, including Smackdown Crawl, book reports, album reviews, comic reviews, and a ton of video episodes. This Christmas, folks, new gamesmanship video episode, myself and Kevin playing Smackdown Shut Your Mouth. It's our longest ever, it's very silly, and it's going to be available exclusively on our Patreon page, which you can find along with our merch store once again at allmylinks.com forward slash AEPodcast. But for now, enjoy this new slice of Season 5 pie. It's Unforgiven 2006. Big train rolling down the line Makes me lonely Sometimes I wish to ride away everyone and welcome to the Alachira podcast. Season 5 rolls on down the line like the aforementioned lonely train. However, once again, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, going through all of this degenerative season with my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First to my left, yeah, it's Adam Bibelow. <laughs> So are you sad or are you... are going to do the whole podcast like that. <laughs> just, just shades of tarts, that's all it is. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm good. It's been a bit of a struggle this time, getting through them roars. Yeah, there's the, some serious roars. There was only four this time, but man, it felt like there was still a good eight or nine. Adam, you seem to have the vibe of a man who's just come from watching not only Unforgiven, but a tribute to the fifth anniversary of 9-11 as the actual go-home show <laughs> yeah. in MSG. We're, like, We're MSG! It's hot! Let's remember the fallen! <laughs> so it's it's been a weird road to SummerSlam with some japes and snakes but it's been fun along the way. Raw is still a nice variety pack of a show. And DX though, huh? Yeah, they've been busy boys this month. They've been met in their 40s, haven't they? <laughs> they? They certainly have. And to my right, that's my baddest man on the planet, man. It's Billy Keeble. Hello. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing good. I was looking forward. I, I, I've been every episode of the season looking forward to getting stuck in with another great pay-per-view a great pay-per-view um, yeah I was gonna say, this, 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 this this hasn't happened that time <laughs> right okay because this very much feels like of all this season which is a season of billy's boys picks this one feels the most like it would have been a fuck you here's my boys 100 percent. it doesn't even have the wackiness element to it though there's, really? there's a bit of wackiness in in the, in the boys picks <laughs> <laughs> the hell the cell match with the big show nah, and is, is, that, is that hell in the cell made of bamboo i don't think so <laughs> For that's sake. true that's true so yeah this is this was a 
I did watch it all in one go. Okay. But I, I, I was sitting on my hands, so I didn't just like flick over the HDMI source. Go <laughs> <laughs> on PlayStation for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting because, you know, 2006, I think if you looked at SummerSlam as an example, you'd be like, man, 2006 is all sorts of weird shit. I think a, yeah. lot of, a lot of people vibing with us along the lines of a Hogan match and a Mick Foley, Ric Flair match mm-hmm. and a Sabu match all back to back to back. That's crazy, huh? That ain't this. No. This is Monday Night Raw's finest offering presented by DX and the undercard. Mm. <laughs> and what an undercard mm. we've got tonight. I feel like today with Unforgiven, we are peeking into not the kind of what we thought 2006 is, but what 2006 actually is. The yeah. reality of it. Where everything on paper should be great. Yeah, like, if you look, fun. If you look at the card of this show, mm-hmm. uh, as I did before we watching, I was like, fuck yeah, we're going to have a great time yeah, tonight. Stacked. And it just undelivered, like underdelivered, like across the board, it felt like. Well, the big disappointment for you, Billy, has got to be the fact that your boy Chris Masters made his return on Raw. Oh, and he's no And he's not on the fucking card. I mean, he, he will be back. He will be back on pay-per-view, but we'll be covering. And yeah. smaller than ever. <laughs> and smaller than ever. Look, I, I don't think there's any better time to bring it up than now, because let's just say it was the old group chat was a bit dispiriting when I was like, <laughs> Billy, you never guess who's back. It's Chris Masters. Is he on the gas? No. Uh-uh. No, they, they got rid of all that. And what's he doing then? He's losing to Super Crazy yeah. two weeks in a row. Two weeks in the a row. The second week, JR laughed. Yeah. Unprompted. The first week, he gets his first return promo on the mic. Like, he speaks for five seconds. We cut backstage to Maria looking at paint dry and yeah. yawning. Yeah. And then in 2023, he's making some comments on Twitter, which make me very sad. Oh, no. What have you done, Billy? I'll, uh, I screenshot it because he deleted it. <laughs> oh, gee. Well, at least the masterpiece has... Uh, you know, he's looking in the mirror all the time, isn't he? He had the, the yeah. self-reflection to know to delete his... Yeah, yeah. I did send this to him. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Dear oh dear Chris Masters is going to wade into this debate folks He's got it all figured out (laughs) You know what I'm kind of glad I sniggered When they kept saying lean and mean Chris Masters Coded language for you You're not allowed to do those drugs anymore Are you Chris Masters Well before we get into the uh, dirty muck And the dirty mire and the dirty weeds Of Unforgiven 06 I feel like I would like some culture Please Billy Okay that, that can certainly be delivered UK number one single starting on music as we always do. I do think that UK wins here because mm. there is a United Ireland and America uh, today. Okay. Oh, that's the alliance. Yeah. AKA not the Iraq war. <laughs> <laughs> UK number one single. I don't feel like dancing by the Scissor Sisters. That's a banger. great song. That's Absolute great. banger. Was that a rock band or is that just my, uh, my misremembering? Or think guitar? So. I would it definitely was... would have been on like Sing Star. For sure. Yeah, I, right. I remember singing that a lot on two <laughs> eras ago of software. Mm. <laughs> US number one single and Irish number one single. It's an okay song, but people will probably disagree. Sexy back, Justin Timberlake. Nah, it's kind of it's no Scissor Sisters. No. Nah. I mean, the problem as well with Sexy Back is that that has a kind of like very low energy. Like, I can't think of I'm bringing Sexy Back without thinking about Blurred Lines instead. Mm. Now, oh, yeah. Which yeah. is uh, uh, annoyingly a song by a Roman. I felt sure you were going to say Sean O'Hare. Like, <laughs> I'm bringing Sexy Back. That's Sh- Shannon Moore. Shannon Moore. <laughs> I'll just add him to the list of guys that I don't know. <laughs> Sean O'Hare wasn't bringing Sexy Back. He was bringing back the evil that lies in all men. 
Right, mm. okay. And also he told, he told Don Marie to take her boobs out as well. Right. <laughs> He's an evil man. I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah. You try being a tag team with Chug Palumbo, you become evil as well. Look at Billy Gunn, Satan and Carnage. In terms of films, neither the UK number one and the US number one, not really anything to write home about. Can I just say, the amount of times recently where like the number one in Culture Corner feels like it's been on a cinema swill or something yeah. like that. Well, the UK number one film is Will Ferrell comedy, Talligator Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Okay. Which is a weaker Will Ferrell affair. That's, I, that's the one where everyone in school finally fell off the, the Will Ferrell yes. bandwagon. That's when it went from everyone likes Will Ferrell and our English teacher is showing us Anchorman in our last week before yeah. our exams to... There's the few people who really love Will Ferrell and they think that that one is as good as all the others. I remember, even though my dad had that on UMD, I could have watched it on my PSP on the flight to Poland. Even then I gave mm. it a miss. Like US number one film is a film I'd never heard of before, but it stars our boy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh. Gridiron Gang. Oh, Gridiron Gang, yeah, yeah. Gridiron Gang. That is, I'm pretty sure that is... Prison football. Prison football, yeah. Oh, come on, that's the like, no longest it's the, yard. Yeah, it's the longest yard, but it's juvenile detention centre. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if like Dwayne's playing a kid, or if he's like... <laughs> <laughs> and The Rock is like, how can I reach these kids? Perhaps if I removed their tongues. <laughs> if I was The Rock, I'd go as far away from the old football days as yeah. humanly yeah, right. That's where the bodies are literally buried. <laughs> oh. And if you take up the body and there's no tongue in there, you know it's Dwayne who did yeah. it. <laughs> uh, as for games, we always like a little bit of games. Call of Juarez, the original I one released that. on Windows. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a first-person shooter. Yes. Western. Western, yes. Yeah. It's no LucasArts Outlaws, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> Loco Roco on the PSP. Oh, baby! Hell yeah, baby. Love that game. Can I just say, that is the game that made me believe that Edge Magazine's declaration that the PSP was, in fact, <laughs> the iPod killer. Yeah. I was like, yes, it is. Only the power of the UMD can handle a game like Loco Roco, Loco baby. Roco and Patapon. That's where it was at, Yeah, baby. man. Which one came... Was Loco Roco was first, then Patapon? Yeah, I think so. I think so. so. I, th I think it was very short time between, mm. regardless. Fabulous game. We got banned PlayStation 2 game rule of of Rose, which got banned in the European Union. Rule of Rose? Yeah, survival horror game that got banned. You can now I get it on eBay for about no. 600 quid. What was controversial about it? The themes. Mm. Oh no, not them. Naughty <laughs> themes. Fe themes that are too good for 2006. Too good? Too, too evil. It was a game... <laughs> Yeah, it was a game that touched on themes of sexual abuse and, and pedophilia. And that was on the PlayStation. PlayStation 2, yeah. And only the power of the UMD. Oh no, PlayStation uh, 2. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Interesting, over the Nintendo, we didn't have any pedophile games. No. Interesting that. GameCube, once again, proving itself to be one of the most unimpeachable characters of a console. Of all time, yeah, uh, so cowardly you... console. Some could say actually, like not got Kevin, the goal. One for you, please. It's not the Black Hand Edition, but it's the Godfather oh, of the yes. game. Um, and then finally, Kingdom Hearts Two is released in Australia and the EU. So it's one of the most heartbreaking games I've ever played. Never really. played it. Are you the Dinosaur? Yes, that's right, Goofy. Data can love, but unfortunately, there's been a genocide of all the Dalmatians from 101 Dalmatians, so you and Johnny Depp have to bring yeah. <laughs> As for the events, now I did mention in the last culture oh, corner the, that the we chilled in my spine that, that, we say that, there was, that there was going to be a death in the next one. Mm. Now, I get for told, I do get told off in the past. Behind the behind the the curtain, listeners, I do get told off when I bring up death. But I think this is one that affected the zeitgeist, 
and I, I, I'm sure affected all three of us. You know what as well, right? Us being a podcast, you get away with Bloomer, the fucking smile on his face. Yeah, right I know. Now. The if, glee that if, he takes. If we were streamers, we'd be six feet fucking <laughs> under by now. That fucking joyful <laughs> twinkle in your eye. Guys, Steve Irwin died. Oh, September the fourth. It was the and it was the first celebrity death that like really yeah, got me. I same. distinctly remember it. Like I remember being on the way to school, being like, "I don't want to go to school today. I'm just too bummed out." Yeah. Awful. Yeah. It was. It was really sad. And like I remember as well, like his his um son kind of like tried to take up the mantle of being. Yeah, he's doing it. Little yeah. Robert's doing it. And I remember I learned all about that again, kind of when I did, was doing my animal welfare research. A lot of it was about like containment of animals and you know what you know animals in parks and zoos mm-hmm. and all that and he has since been used as kind of like the poster child for like here's how you don't do things and i think ah. it's it's kind of sad in many ways because like i know he brought so much joy and like animal mm. love to you know mm-hmm. a lot of people fell in love with the idea of animals and wildlife because of yeah, him for sure and his very unorthodox ah let's just get stuck in there let's piss him off yeah <laughs> and it's like you know i mean he has probably saved more lives in death than he has in life i guess in a really weird mm. sad yeah. way yeah. jesus that's so long ago yeah it is 20 yeah. years ago september 4th 2006 wow it was 20 minutes until south park did a gag about it yeah so literally they could not wait <laughs> had it in the chamber ready to <laughs> go it cold in the ground <laughs> and then you know we need something to bring us back up after that mm. stephanie meyer's new moon twilight book two ah. was twilight coming out that far back yeah man T- 2006 new moon came out uh september 7th it's only bloody Borat comes out. Oh Borat the movie. What a summer. Yeah, I know, right? 2006 literally just was peak everything, wasn't yeah. it? Like... And then I'm sure I can, I can see it in your eyes. You're asking, what's going on in Thailand right now? Oh, please. What's going on? Well, the I, Thai What's mil- the rainfall like? <laughs> what's the gas up to? Well, the Thai military stages a coup in Bangkok. The constitution is revoked <gasps> and martial law is declared. Wow. Talk about a tiger uppercut to my expectations know, of yeah. what was going on in Thailand. And that was culture court. <laughs> 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 a nice potpourri of different things there, Billy. Well, Adam, obviously we've learned about a lot of the goings-on in the world. I'd like to know how it was covered in the... <laughs> how did they handle the uprising? How, how was the uprising covered in Smackdown and Raw magazine? Well, if you remember, we, they don't exist anymore. Of they, course. They merged. So we're just WWE. WWE magazine. Small magazine now, isn't it? Yeah, just a, li- just a little sort of Maxim-style mag we got here. I must say, some of the recent ones that you have shown of that, though, I love the... The kind of the, the style they went with, like they've done the they did a bit with Roddy Piper where he's like, look, there's a new uh, new new edition of the magazine out. It's like the hundred worst defenders. It's a special pull out spread of all the worst yes. heels in wrestling history. The and last all that. few times we looked at the covers, the covers have just been like filled with like, and you get this and this and this and this and loads of like different like you want to pick up this magazine kind of little tidbits. So it's it's a nice in between the world of actually still trying to be kayfabe, yes. but trying to be more of an eye catching magazine as opposed to like a procedural or whatever. Yeah, it is. and it's less about wrestling now and more about like. What kind of underwear do these divas wear? Like? Yeah, I'm assuming there's going to be extensive interviews about the dating preferences of all the women from the SmackDown and Raw divas rosters. Well, the big picture this time is John Cena. He's getting his head shaved by a sexy lady because he's about to star in The Marine, oh. baby. Oh, shit, that movie that's just John Cena running. The commentary track available now on the Patreon page. We get a free movie poster, some photos and an exclusive Q&A. We've got 20 questions for Roddy Piper. We got slapped by a superstar. Our writer gets in the ring. 
Ouch. Yes, whoever that writer is. I was like, going to say, like... Bonus! Triple H unloads on Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and of course, <laughs> his man stash. That just sounds like he's coming on him. He does, doesn't he? Oh, it, dude. He does. After SummerSlam as well, he's yeah. got a point to prove. I don't want to think about Triple H unloading in that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's he got to say about Hulk Hogan after Hogan has just... Left on, rode off right. into the sunset. So. I really would like to know, actually. Goddamn. Diva blowout, get in bed with Tori, Trish, Maria, Ashley, Victoria, Lita, and more. All at the same time. <laughs> Plus, interviews with Randy Orton, Edge, Batista, Sabu, CM Punk, Iron Sheik, King Booker, William Regal, Oh, and Mantor. Oh! They've literally written Oh and Mantor, by the way, folks. Okay, I am genuinely intrigued at this point to know because of this new style of magazine that they're doing do you think it's just some intern sitting there going sabu says deal iron sheik says iran number one or are they actually going hey sabu i'm writing a little something for wwe magazine yeah it's, to say? it's hard to say without actually looking at these mags themselves i've got a bunch of wwf magazines from like 2000 2001 but i've not actually properly read any of these mm. ones from this era so well add it to your podcast at gmail.com if you are mm. someone who finds themselves in possession temporary or otherwise of some 2006 mags a magsmanship has been mentioned in the past yeah so yeah uh, uh, let us know if you perhaps have some of those or even scans were after as well there is a few of those online yeah knocking about yeah not many from mm. 06 but if you've got some please do let us know there doesn't seem to be a smackdown or a raw bias there overall no just general wwe antics you wouldn't know that the Marine was coming out. They've not mentioned it once He's on telly. the top dog, John yeah, Cena. Yeah. Like, you know, if anything, he is like, you know, front center a lot more than he was over the summer because of the DX stuff, I feel, is maybe at least now on par with Cena's kind of rise or whatever. I mean, we're still like three or four weeks away from it being released. So maybe after Unforgiven, we'll see Cena backstage and it's mm. like, October 8th, October 8th, October 8th. <laughs> I know what you did, October 8th. The, the only reason I knew it was coming out was because there was someone in the crowd that said, the yeah. Marine rate it had a sign that says Marine rated R for rental. It's not even out yet, and they know. Like. I I just remember seeing that with you for the commentary track, literally for the first time, mm-hmm. having a hoot because of just how egregiously dumb it was. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, like a, a lot more fun than the fucking chaperone. Also available on patreoncom podcast. And a lot more fun than See No Evil as well. I feel like the Marine knows what it is and sticks to that. It's interesting though because I feel that both Austin and Cena seem to because they're such perfectionists. Mm. They seem to have taken the relative failures and you know they were the, the poster children of when this WWE Studios thing kicked off. They both seem to have taken it quite like on the chin as in like yeah. it's not a failure of the idea of doing movies with wrestlers. I fucked it up. Yeah. And John, he's got a lot of fuck-ups ahead of him, but he was all right in the Marine, and he's doing very well for himself in Hollywood now. Oh, it's worked out all right for John. Well, not if Warner Bros. did to say about it. Well, yeah. Cancel all his movies. Looney Tunes movie got canned. And they've built a time machine now to go back in time and cancel other movies that have already come out. So you're probably listening going, the Marine what? I know, it's WB again. It's time for Unforgiven 2006. An all-consuming hatred. DX is a disease. That's a $30 million aircraft. And now the world headquarters of the WWE. They, they will pay. We will make sure they pay. Can infect a man's mind. I think DX has broken Mr. McMahon. Ah! Steal his sanity. Me and my son Shane are going to be back in the ring with you two. 
this time, the big show will be joining us. The biggest athlete in the world, seven feet, 500 pounds. And drive him. And this time, to hell. It'll be hell in the sand. You do not ever mess with the McMahons. I think we've just heard the existence. Animosity this intense. I want John Cena out of my life. I'm sick of him. I want him gone. I understand. He's unstable. Breeds devastation. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Now, one man will enter the madness. Cena has one last chance to win the WWE title. With everything to lose. John Cena's got to win. Or John Cena's going to SmackDown. And face the odds. A match you've never had. A match I've never lost. Head on. I ain't going nowhere. Judging from what we just saw from Cena, he knows how to handle himself when it comes to tables, ladders, and chairs. Tonight. Not over till I say it, over. Thank you for reminding us just who the hell we are. The showstopper. The king of kings. We are D-Generation X. Who will find redemption? And who will remain unforgiven? And you're unforgiven too. Thousand dances. <laughs> I imagine that Metallica do that. Like every since it's been the year two thousand, they the mm-hmm. Unforgiven two. They put in the name of the year. Yep. Like you know when an ABBA tribute act would be like, I saw you last night in. Mullingar <laughs> and the, the super trooper wasn't in Mullingar but we pretend for the, for the act Unforgiven 2006 that had with it an undeniably diabolically shite build DX continue to be at it yeah so what are some of the pranks and antics that we've got to look forward to them recapping tonight oh, well they spray painted the jet Move oh. over, Banksy. You've got to understand, when you say it like that, it's like, oh, DX, man, they spray-painted the corporate jet. That sounds like a fun thing they could have done. Watch the whole segment, folks. Go back and watch it on Raw. We're, we're right back to season one again, because how often was it in season one where you were like, oh, man, remember DX did this cool thing? They don't want you to remember the cool thing DX did. They want you to remember remembering the cool remember thing this, that they did. the recap package. Yeah. And yeah. that is WWE's power. Whether it's telling you that like certain wrestlers are the greatest of all time or The Undertaker's never had a bad match at WrestleMania, whatever it is, it's their power of the recap package. And something as simple as this would be like, oh, they're up to it this month doing loads yeah. of pranks. And fuck me, it was like pulling teeth. Yeah. I noticed this go round that the big problem for me is because these are all pre-tapes they leave in these big long gaps for the audience to piss themselves laughing at everything so we cut to them on the jet and they're both drinking champ well champagne and in inverted commas fucking lemonade and little glasses <laughs> hey, uh, uh, i hope you I hope vince won't mind that we're on his corporate jet hold it wait for the audience to finish getting all their mm. laughs out yeah i hope so as well let the audience laugh yeah. a bit more at that it's as like, well. It's like, like when you see a, a multicams sitcom. Yeah, with no track. Where, where they take <laughs> out the laugh track. Exactly what it's like. And it's, it's like. the most cursed, awful looking thing. And it's just, so, it's like all of these segments are in slow motion. Look, we spray painted it. Hey, Hunter, you did a pretty good job. Well, you know what, Shauna? You did a pretty good job too. Hold it. Hold it. 
and scene. Okay, Brilliant. Great. Yeah. Okay. The crowd, they must be dead by now, man. So I listened to Bruce Pritchard's rundown of Unforgiven 2006. Oh, Kevin! Why from, would you do that? Can you start to listening to Foley's pod again instead, please? He simply doesn't release enough episodes. <laughs> he doesn't remember it exists <laughs> he anymore. simply doesn't. Yeah, Mick Foley on Hot Ones. Got anything you want to plug there, Mick? Uh, MickFoley.com. Yeah, that's all I got going on right now. <laughs> Conrad breaking every piece of furniture. You look him in the eyes. You're contractually obligated to be his mate. You're not allowed to do him like this. <laughs> one of the very because this is one of these ones where it's like Bruce is still he's working at WB again, and it's in the middle of the, the pandemic, so he's like meant to be on holiday, and they're like, "You're just sleeping all the time," and he's like, "I don't want to do an own podcast," and like, he literally has nothing to say about anything. It's amazing. Was he was he still there? Was he working at this point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how the fuck he's doing that fucking full-time gig and podcast at the same time. But the one thing, the one bit of info that I gleaned from it was that these segments with DX, Vince was not happy with them. Really? He thought there should be more of an intensity to them and he thought they were left to kind of be like, hey, you, you, Bruce and Sean and Hunter and Brian, you just go off and film some bits and take it back. And he apparently, he wasn't like raging or anything. He just didn't think that it had the intensity he wanted because we're going to a hell in the cell. Obviously, yep. he wanted to ramp it up. And honestly, if you've seen these segments, you know the ones where they're stood on top of Titan Towers, and we zoom all the way out, and it's like, oh my god, up there, it's the wall, and Triple H pulling down his trousers. Sean's allowed to be beside a man with you can a new stand butt, next to him, but only if you have the wall zoom out. Yeah. <laughs> That's meant to be building towards a hell in the cell. And yeah. Vince didn't. You lose sight of that when yeah. you when you when you're watching it. I'm with Vince on this, yeah. to be honest, because that that was all in one week. They spray painted the corporate jet. They spray painted the side of Titan Towers, and then Vince is all pissed off and he's about to go home. They drive off in the limo and they've tied a chain around the rear axle that pulls ah! it off. And Vince ah! is giving it a hundred and twenty percent, like the proper. Like he is losing it, and every time you see Triple H and Sean, they're just like, ah, well. Uh, I hope we didn't upset him too much. I hope the next nine months of this feud are equally as disappointing. Fuck me. That's that's why I understand about Vince's upset here is that like, you're nine months in. We gotta kick it into at least another gear. I know, we're already floundering. DX were laid out bloody no less than three times in the four weeks leading up to this. Two silence from the audience Mm -hmm. as well. And I am amazed that you take all these top stars... And the big show, and you get mm. silence from the audience. Mm. That is incredible. Oh, another great one we had though, Kevin. Do you remember when Vince was too unwell to come to Raw because he was so stressed out? He had to stay in his hotel room next door. Oh no, he, he was barely gonna make it to the 9/11 fifth anniversary oh. tribute show. We get this weird split screen Shane and Vince on the phone with each other. He's like, "Pops, don't worry, I got control over here." And Vince is like, "Hang on a second, I've just..." There's a mysterious white thing in my room. It's like this big square with a blanket over it. I didn't notice this before. It appears to be making some sort of clucking sound. Wait a minute, that couldn't be. And it is literally like stock cockerel 01 MP3. Uh, uh, over and over again. And Vince is like... Do you know why Vince is so upset about DX still? Is that Shane got pinned and not him at SummerSlam. Oh. I didn't pick up on that amazing detail. That's why I have to do it for another month. I mean, all all roads lead to Unforgiven. You want to? You want my opinion? You should have done it on the Madison Square Garden. You should have the final blow off of the fifth anniversary of nine eleven. Yes, yeah, a a fishing end to this feud. Oh, also, by the way, Trish Stratus is putting her career on the line for real. She is leaving, and John Cena is fake putting his career on the line as well Mm. against Edge tonight. You know. 
obviously Nas bigger deal as month nine. You <laughs> 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 have a fucking baby in the time it's taken for them to do this feud. Stephanie did. Yeah, guys, she's begging him, please, Hunter, come home. <laughs> oh man, that was one of my highlights of this. Was Vince very briefly at one point talking about his grandkids carrying on his legacy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, your sons, uh, Declan and Kenyon, and uh, my my new granddaughter." Uh, Oh, fuck. <laughs> Completely <laughs> forgot her name. Sorry. Kenyon. Kenyon. Who better than, than Kenyon? <laughs> so yeah, Vince McMahon is more broken than ever. And that's why he's friends with Paul White now. <laughs> ECW champion Paul White. And this is the era where we got Paul White in an ECFW shirt, so I'm happy. Billy, what do you reckon to that new WWE championship belt? Uh, it's alright. I don't hate it, but I don't, like, love it either. It's got an oar. It's, I mean, anytime you see a belt like that, it's always like, okay, you're dropping this in four or five weeks, are you? Because yeah. they're not going to let you carry that around for long. It's not, it's not bejeweled. <laughs> no, uh, and it is the first of several times where they will be like, bet you hate this belt. Here's the new one. So ah. aggravating. Like, the oar is not as much of a fuck you as Miz turning the M. Oh, the, the W upside down. Yeah. Like, oh my god. But now they're going to have to fish out, like, they're going to have to fish out the fucking spinnerbell out of the, the Long Island Sound. Oh, yeah. Edge threw it in the water, didn't it? Oh, sorry, it was Lita that Lita threw, threw it in it the then. Long Island Sound. Then so, Edge got thrown in it. That, that, so, what, what we are to believe in kayfabe, what happened there is Edge won the. Edge kept the title at SummerSlam. Then he had Lita throw John's title into the Long Island Sound, where he was also thrown later. They left it there. Mm -hmm. Then the next week, Ed said, make it exactly the same, except put in the oar. That was the same week. So he was like, Lita, throw it in. Look, I've got this new one here. So he'd already been and commissioned this new belt, (laughs) I guess. And he was like, keep everything about it exactly the same. Love all the spinny gimmicky crap. Just put an R there instead. Okay, that's good to know. Good to know. (laughs) We're in Toronto, folks. So let's count the Bizarro World references tonight. Oh, I hate this audience. They're too good. (laughs) Stop reacting. (laughs) Swear you've never seen wrestling before. But look, I like to start things off the way I always mean to go on. So let's begin today's proceedings with a poem from the Poet Laureate of 2006. This one's called H-A-R-D-H-W-A. Yes! This is for you who thought we couldn't cut it. H-A-R-D-H-W-A are we so? H-A-R-D hard to swallow. We've got our asses kicked, Kevin. We've got our asses kicked and we'll get them kicked again. We have made you so sick and we will make you sick again. You have suffered from say... Say? <laughs> you have suffered from say that we will never see this say. You've made us this way. Who did? <laughs> who, who did, Kevin? Anti-hardy fans, snap out of your trance. Define the word chance. Never again doubt our ability... Semi-wars we've been through, obstacles that we've passed, all the naysayers that we've passed, mountains that we've <laughs> mountains that we've climbed, and holes that we've jumped. <laughs> the website is on. It's like this Angel Fire Jeff Hardy tribute. It said jumped, jumped, jumped. Ah, oh, don't do him like that. And holes that we've jumped. Oceans we've swum and bullets we've ducked. 
roads that we've drove and paths that we've made <laughs> leading over walls through, through caves, caves. <laughs> underwater or in the sky matt and jeff hardy inspire until they die <laughs> fly away inside away hide away <laughs> Locked <laughs> away in a human hell, a cell. And that is um, from Jeff Hardy, the Poet Laureate of 2006. Is uh, is that what we can come to expect now for the remainder of this season? Billy, he's back, baby. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's back. He confronted Ed's the night after Summer Sam. He went up to him and went, You talk too much. You talk too much. And then he fought Edge, <laughs> and then he's right into the Intercontinental title scene. Yeah. It's like they took they took Sean Benjamin and went, come here, yeah. Literally. <laughs> they they I, put Jeff Hardy instead. I was so excited when Jeff came back, because he came back to interrupt Edge's big heel promo. Oh and my, I was like, you yes! You know, as a kid... New feud! No idea. I thought he was coming to... Because, you know, Matt had been sent packing in yep. 05, and that broke yep. my heart as a teen. And then Jeff, he's coming back to not only... Get revenge. He's stepping up to be a main yep. avenger. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Events that no good have ruined my life. I'm so fucking sick of watching John and Edge feud with each other. And much like Edge, Jeff is someone that I've not seen much of his big solo main event run. Yeah. So I was like, here we fucking go. Edge and Jeff, this is going to be great. And immediately it's like, you're going to be working with John Morrison now, buddy. Have fun with that. Now, did I mention the press release that they sent no. out about Jeff around this time? I can't remember. So around SummerSlam, they literally are like, hey, we've signed Jeff Hardy again, in spite of his multiple failed drug tests yeah. over the years. And they literally mention like Crystal Meth just casually in there. Fuck me. And at the end of it, they're like, we tried to reach out to the charismatic Enigma for comment, but we couldn't get a hold of him and don't know where he is, which we can only assume is emblematic of the many adventures that he will have in the WWE once again with all the fans. So, it, so it's not, as JR mentions, the mysterious and not yet discussed three-year absence. He they have it has been discussed well we've, we've acknowledged it <laughs> if only there was some sort of resource that you could find these things out on why did they say that why did they like immediately sign this guy and cut the legs out from underneath him like that it's weird because why would you have him come out and confront edge like the night after as well because mm -hmm. that you know i led to believe you do that when you want someone to be like hey he's a main event player right mm. I'm not saying he should have wrestled for the title straight away or should have even been in a feud with Ed straight away. But, but it him, puts him near the top of the card. Yeah, but it's almost like they were trying to temper your own expectations and just get the pop as well, maybe. Mm. But, like, you can tell. They don't think Jeff is, is, is you know, ready to go at that level. Because why would you put him, you know... In, in a lower level than you start him off with. Just, why would you acknowledge publicly any of that shit at all? Like, are they trying to humble him and make him feel bad or something? Like, this is the period of time where I don't think either of you would have experienced this, where WWE were trying to make their website be like, where you go for the dirt sheets. Oh, right. dude. You want to talk about this on Raw? We literally had a bit where it was Kurt Angle got released between pay per views. Yeah. And on Raw, we cut to JR and King at ringside being like, folks. Kurt Angle is no longer with the WWE. We want to wish him well. You can go here to WWE.com. They'd show you the homepage. 
Cut to commercial, come back, JR's there again. Folks, Trish Stratus is going to retire, and look, I've got the article here on WWE.com. So they thought they, they could are, break like, the news there. Like, it yeah. is the era of the web, officially now. It's like. so funny, because literally the following year, they try and make WWE, WWE Universe, people forget, that comes from originally them making that a social media really? site. Really? That was what... WWE Universe is going to be like MySpace, but for WWE, because they're like, huh. all these people are on MySpace talking about WWE. Why aren't they doing that on WWE.com? Oh, you can fucking smell that website. <laughs> 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 smells like Scotty Goldman and Matt oh. Hardy. <laughs> 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 so that brings us to our opening contest. The man of the moment, Jeff Hardy, taking on Johnny Nitro for the Intercontinental Championship. And I know what you're wondering, Billy. What's happening with Mick Foley and his good friend Melina? Yeah. Oh no! What has happened? So the <sighs> night after SummerSlam, Vince is all like, oh, I'm all pissed off because Shane McMahon got pinned in the tag team match. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And Mick Foley went, hey Vince. And Vince gets triggered by being called Vince and not Mr. McMahon. So he says Mick Foley's going to uh, kiss his ass tonight. And then uh, Mick's like, I'm not going to do that, Vince. He's like, right, if you don't, then Melina's going to do it. And Mick's like, all right, I'll do it. And Mick's all covered in fucking scars and wounds yeah. from that match with Flair. They do a segment where it's really weird because like everyone's booing everyone because Melina's a heel, That's Foley's it. a heel, Shane's a heel, Vince is a heel. All right, you yeah. know. And out they come and they do the Kiss My Ass Club spot. And the big twist on it is Melina actually, you know, tells Mick that he's fired anyway and she kicks him in the balls yeah yeah she's the ultra ultra heel after he kisses Vince's ass of course and after Mick Foley in a weird moment of trying to explain why he's friends with Melina goes there's a reason Vince that only after meeting her once I said to my wife Colette I would like Melina to be the godmother of our newborn child yeah what's going on yeah. there what's the reason then Mick what is the reason it's really funny because uh they brought that up on uh on Conrad's podcast mm. and he was like wouldn't it be fun if like Mick was like you know kind of like Captain Lou Albano and he was kind of like managing all the women because you know Mick has always been pushing for the female talent he's always been outspoken about them getting a moment and and, and literally fucking pictures goes yeah Mick would love that Oh, what's Yikes. going on? I don't like and that. before you say anything, they had Melina do the heel promo the next week, where she's like, "Mick Foley's a pervert, and yeah. he, the only reason he was with me is because he's obsessed with me, and he's a fucking sick freak." And he's not around anymore. Not for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last we're going to hear of him now. So that's uh, that's that. Fuck me. They did kind of tease that they were going to do like a Nitro Foley match, maybe because they did this really yeah. long segment where it was like a press conference where Melina explained why she did it. Oh, and, and Jesus it, Christ! It went on. And that was brutal. You say press conference? That's what they called it, but they had like a lectern. And a few guys with cameras taking pictures of them. Minutes, like. And it was the most fucking awkward, um, the toe-curling segment, Billy. It was genuinely one of the most painful things I've seen all season. Like, it's crickets the whole way through. I'm going to miss Mick. I love this weird-ass run. I don't know, where were you guys with them? Like, you know, we had some fun matches and some... I don't know, you weren't as big a fan about the three falls one, Billy, but... Yeah, no, I mean, it would have been nice to see Mick be here for a bit longer and do something else with some of the people but um it's weird to see him paired with flair for so much of this run where we're used to him like you know it's meant to be the, the young guys everyone talks yeah. about him and edge him and randy mm. him and nitro i guess uh, him and nitro would have been interesting it would have been, been would have given him a bit of an edge i think having nitro kill an old lad would have given him a bit of an mm -hmm. edge like as opposed to 
he's in a relationship with someone who mm. kicked Mick Foley in the balls once. I feel like they were just starting to get somewhere with it. Like, the whole heel run for Mick this summer have been really fucking weird and bad. But that last last little bit there with Rick, that last part of the feud and the I Quit match was genuinely quite good. And it felt like they were turning a corner for his character just so that he could get fired the next week. Yeah, like. I'm not sure where Rick is at the moment other than he faced Randy Orton the night after uh, SummerSlam yeah. with the greatest line of all time from Randy Orton. I don't care how much blood Ric Flair has left. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Jeff and Nitro for the IC title, and, you know, I'm conditioned to think that challenging for the IC title is something, so, you know. It, is. Yeah. it is. It's something. It is. He got a big old pop, did Jeff, when he came he out? He did, 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 yeah. And there's lots of shrill screaming, not just from Melina, yeah. in, in this match, because all the ladies love Jeff. Jeff is... I don't think he's in, like... I, it's funny, because like, I remembered him like coming back and thinking he was rejuvenated, he was, like, the best he'd ever looked... But he's not in the best of condition, it seems like. There was a no. bit of a Jimmy leg quality to the mm. entrance. Like he was sprinting up the stairs he, while crouching in Hitman. He's not He's not Jeff in the ring either. Like when I saw this match, I thought, we're going to get lots of high flying in this match. Yeah, this is a dream match for me. In yeah, the think, like, yeah. I think. This is a lot of groundwork. It's very little of what I expected from either of these two. So I don't think that Jeff can go right now. And John's had to slow himself down to to compensate yeah because this is the ic kind of scene where we've been really enjoying like shelton carlito and nitro have been giving us you know by hook or by crook the most athletically impressive offerings on tv and on pay-per-view i think there's a lot to live up to in many respects and there's a lot to live up to with this white hot feud as well because folks this one all started over a cup of paint (laughs) so the original genesis of this was that the press conference was so boring the following week Jeff painted a wall and was like, they were so boring, man. Watching the W-A-L-L with the paint D-O-R-Y-I-N-G is almost as interesting as watching them talk. Because they talk too much. And Maria watched the paint all evening. And Jeff would come back and be like, still there, man. (laughs) And then the next week... John was doing like a little promo backstage and behind him it was so fucking panto like Jeff very quickly runs in sets up an easel on the canvas and gets his paintbrushes swirls a load of shit on it he's creative he stood there giving it all the hardy finger guns like yeah man yeah and then <laughs> someone, on, someone on Twitter described it as if like you did a mission in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 yeah. and the NPCs are like or your sim has just finished doing a painting that they're really happy about Jeff Hardy is such a fucking sim (laughs) and you think like oh Jeff's being a cheeky little prankster he's just trying to wind him up Johnny Nitro turns around and pushes the painting over and Jeff naught to a hundred hey that's my painting man like he is genuinely furious about that he did that one for Pappy Hardy that's that's gonna go on the wall of the tobacco farm there is a lot of Jeff Hardy artwork out there and it Mm -hmm. all needs to be respected Yes. And his poems are art as well. And his music is art as well. Perox Y Gen album review now available on Patreon. Exactly. It's all art. Even this match is art. Mm. Even his hair is art. Oh, I hate his hair. And I call this artwork the non albino albino twins from The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> it looks sore. It yeah. looks smelly. <laughs> it looks really fucking smelly. Uh, the guys lock up. Jim Ross and King just. Discuss Melina's cleavage. Literally. Yeah. Call her a witchy woman. Yeah. Why do you call her a witch, JR? Because she's evil. 
<laughs> like witches. Okay. Flashes of athleticism from both guys. The crowd seem like it's going to be a good one tonight. Yeah, they are, yeah. you know, you don't get them around Canadian, you know, pay-per-views don't happen very often at this no. point in time. So I think they're often, you know, ready to kind of over-deliver. Yeah. I don't think people, it's not cynical. Like, they're like, oh, if we cheer X amount, we'll get more shows. I think they're just like, give us the fucking wrestling. Yeah, they're you, wrestling fans. Absolutely. And you can tell because there's a guy in the front row with a Strike Force sign. So these are hardcore wrestling fans. Look, uh, Rising Tide lifts up all boats, including Strike Force, including cars with girls in them as well. Exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I liked uh, Melina screaming, make sure he never walks again, Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, in spite of, like, I think the last month has done irreparable damage to her trajectory as oh, a character. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, that thing with Mick was just, it was just not, did nothing for her. Mm-mm. But I still think she is a really great character on screen. I think she is. I, she yeah. is. You know, and I think she's way better her role than, like, say, Leah is, who still feels like she's kind of... Stood there, like yeah. she doesn't like she she she's there because of circumstance. Lee yeah. is there because of a personal decision that Adam Copeland, aka Edge, <laughs> and Matt Hardy, aka Version One, <laughs> that they found themselves in, aka Reality. Whereas <laughs> Melina's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be this character, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I'll scream all the way through matches. And I think with Trish leaving, there's probably a spot at the top there that Melina reckons is definitely hers. What do you think of Johnny Nitro, Adam? As someone whose only familiarity with him beforehand was wrestling a dog. Oh, <laughs> now, Russell Madness. Well, what, what, what do you think of our Johnny? I think he's great. I've not just seen him in that, because mm. he's one of these guys that has been around many he's different been, eras. Yeah, and different uh, companies. Yeah, and... I've seen him later on in WWE. I've seen a little bit of him in Lucha Underground, I yeah. think. Yeah, did you see like... him and Miz? Like Miz and Morrison, that Yes, run. I did. Mm. Oh, yeah. man, of course I did. They did Fall Mighty, man. Fucking hell. They took Bobby Lashley down a peg. Sorry, Fall Mighty was from the giant Omas and MVP. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, what, <laughs> what was their parody? They did a shitty little parody as well. Some of it dripping or. <laughs> oh no! Some of it moist. Oh yeah, they did a song. Oh, you're right, they, they did a they song. Did a song but the, you're right, it was them that did. Uh, damp or something like that. <laughs> 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 no, I meant like when they did like the dirt sheet in OA and stuff like that. You know, they would just make fun of uh, people on ECW and all that jazz and just got to shoot the shit and all that. I've not seen any of that at all. He like... was the man who held the torch the ECW championship after Chris Benoit uh, passed uh, away as well. So. What an accolade. What an accolade. I think he's very good, Billy. He I is. think he's extremely athletic. He's got one of the most insane chests in mm. wrestling. Like his abs are ridiculous. I, I think you are going to enjoy seeing him in uh, Tough Enough Four, Three. Three. Oh, three. the he's next in... one we do. The one thing I will say about him is, I always thought in ring he was always trying to be something that no one else was doing. You know, in, in terms of what his style was, that kind of oh, what's it? What's the thing called? Eddie from fucking Tekken does it. Capobar- Cap- Capoeira. Capoeira. A little yes. bit of that. A little bit of the free running. All that mm-hmm. jazz. I think that's really, really cool. I like his persona and his character, but I will be the first to admit it is absolutely not for a wrestling product. The way he speaks, the mm. way he his mm. cadence, his inability to hold court with an audience because his voice is simply... He's not got the... It doesn't work. It's too normal. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of I want all shapes of body, all types of voice. I want all variety. But I'll be the first to admit that he has more work to do always to connect with an audience. Because when you are kind of... like, There's something about him that doesn't immediately click. Yeah. And I do think it's that 
the voice, the presentation, because everything about this character here with in the, Ring, in Ring, yep. the the entrance with him and Melina is fucking it's so choreographed mm-hmm. and perfect. The music, the ring attire, the fucking way he wears the belt around his dick and all that. The fucking, the, the fluffy bits at the end of his mm. tights. Like, it's such a good look. But when it's time for me to start talking. Oh. Hey man, it's just, he's he's like, he's he's always pretending. And yeah. he's, he's gotten better at that over the years. The fact that in his mid-40s he still looks the same, if yes. not more cut, yeah. is wild to me. Sorry, just a quick update there. It was Hey Hey Ho Ho by Miz and Morrison was the <laughs> smash hit that they did a couple of years ago. Yeah, back. because they can't fucking straight spit like my man Omos, that's why. Yeah, who totally rapped that song. He did! 100% he did. I hear you haters who are like, oh no, they just got MVP's bit and they slowed it down and they pitched it down. No! <laughs> that was Omos! <laughs> I asked, I checked. He likes anime like me, we're friends. Oh, he does. <laughs> Jeff has added one or two little bits to his arsenal. Uh, mm-hmm. That corner drop kick, the little handstand into the... Uh, that's cool. That's a cool bit. Yeah. But he is definitely... like They bring up, like, oh, Jeff being the youngest Intercontinental Champion ever in 2001. Mm. And it's like, well, we've seen him on SmackDown Crawl not that long ago yeah. in that run. It is... You know, them last five years have been hard on Jeff. Yeah. They have. And when he's been gone for three years and he's such a fan favourite, like, Jeff's one of these evergreen guys that will always get huge pops making a return. Yeah. After three years of not seeing him, you were kind of hoping that he'd have a bit of fire and a bit of something to prove, mm. but this is very run-of-the-mill what we're getting. Jeff has that type of connection with the audience, I think, where genuinely at this point it feels like it doesn't matter because, mm. like, you know, we've seen it all. I'm sick, I'm sick to death of talking about it almost, where it's yeah. like the latest thing that's happened with Jeff. He'll still get the pop always. He will. Yeah, he always cause will. Because he still looks pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And all you want him to do is to go... Do his clapping. Yeah. 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 The crowd are interestingly split on Nitro and Hardy. They're like mm. equal fate. Like there's the big pop when Jeff came out, but they, the crowd are very much like 50 50 of chance for both of them. Yeah. I, f- I feel like wrestling fans, like you probably get in this Canadian crowd here, the people that really appreciate the product can't help but look at Johnny Nitro and be like, fuck me, he's so good. Same with Carlito mm. and Shelton. These guys are always going to get the respect of certain fans. Yeah, and I think they are, you know, they're probably looking at someone like Nitro and he's one of those lads who seems to have upward mobility. And there's mm-hmm. not loads of those guys on the Raw no. roster. You know, the fucking 40 plus club as it is at the moment, it feels like. Molina's having heart palpitations, King. Oh wait, she's not. She doesn't have a heart. So she, yeah. she can't have heart palpitations. You tell her. How shit has JR gotten since WrestleMania? Oh, dude, he sucks tonight. Like, I've, I've, I've been so bad. I'm firing this <laughs> Get me Todd Grishel. Get me 2001 heels stone cold with a point to prove. I can't tell if Jeff is slow here because of reasons or slow it down, kid. Mm. You know, I don't. I couldn't figure that out. If it, if it was a kind of the office, the, the producer say, hey... It's your first match back in the pay-per-view. Maybe the big back body drop. You slow it down. You grab a hold. Or if Jeff can't give us a, a Shelton Benjamin Carlito style yeah, level yeah. of athleticism. I mean, he's probably not used to it because he spent the last three years running around on meth. He's got to slow it down now. Like. <laughs> that was Willow. <laughs> it's a different guy, man. All right, I will say, just as soon as I'd written that down, Jeff did run outside, ran the rails... Did yeah. a sweet drop kick that knocks Nitro off the top rope. And then we have Nitro working the leg, which is 
probably something that's been missing a bit from these IC title matches is like someone you know working at a body yes. part, whatever it is. And Jeff selling the leg was way better than I thought it would be. And I guess if you're me at the, that point in time, hoping of one hopes that Jeff's getting a main event run, you watch this go. No, it's not a slow IC title match. It's Jeff proving his bona fides to be a main eventer. Is that it? And so no. when Triple H works the leg, yeah, Jeff Williams go. That's my leg, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's just with the rest of the card we got, I just really wish we had some flippy shit. That's yeah. what we needed here. We needed some flippy shit. Yeah. I will take your enjoyment where you can in this match, such as for me at 15 minutes and 23, where Melina goes, Aah! Like an air raid siren. Johnny Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lawler made Monty Python jokes in this one. What? Yeah. He was like, Come near me, Jeff, or I'll taunt you second time. What? You know, the, the Holy Grail. When, uh, it's the French guys. So I got mixed up. You know, in like the promo for uh, um, uh, the, the for, for John Gleese's new show on GB News. John, I've not seen it yet. <laughs> and he's dressed up like the French lads. Oh, he's not, no. really. And he's like, go away. No. <laughs> I am 89. Go away or I shall pay alimony a 20 seconds time. <laughs> Great show. Hey, you got to have a hobby when you're in your old age. Some people like paying alimony. That's all there That's is all to it. That's all it is, yeah. Uh, Nitro whiffs the corkscrew moonsault, which is very much like, all right, Jeff, that's the fucking standard now. Morrison yeah. is doing flips there. I don't think Jeff is mm. is even within an arse's roar of being near that. He holds on when Nitro attempts a top rope hurricane rana. Jeff goes for the swanton. He hits it, but Nitro gets the ropes. And then Nitro pays homage to the boys. I'm talking about Undertaker, Shane McMahon, uh, a, little bit of MMA, <laughs> a little bit of MMA, UFC, yeah. you know, and yeah. he puts him in the triangle hold. Oh. Backstage Taker's like, damn boy, I'm not going to make your girlfriend cry now because oh, of that. Doing the, doing the boys service there. And Shane's like, UFC looking pretty hot. So you got Strikeforce sign out there. Um, Might incorporate some of that into the handicap. Hell in a Cell later on. Will it be an MMA Hell in a Cell later like it was against The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Uh, it doesn't need to be eight sides of cage to get sweet MMA action Fuck's in the sake, world. It's TKO now, Adam. You gotta get on board. Get yeah. on brand. <laughs> gotta respect the boys. <laughs> Melina gets bumped off the apron. She took a hell of a spill. Yeah. Mm. The sign of the night. If Cena wins, we cry about it at Tim Hortons. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there's, be, there's good places to cry. Tim Hortons is a good place to oh, cry. Oh, yeah. Get they some do little like, Tim Tam things. Oh, the, the little, little donut Timbits. holes. Yeah, oh, Timbits. That's, that's the them. one, yeah. Mm. Fucking delicious stuff. I like me some Tim Hortons. So Melina interferes with the boot shot, and then Nitro picks up the win. Good match. Felt more about getting Melina over than Nitro, maybe. Yeah. I don't like that finish. I don't like the finish. It's I refuse to believe that Jeff Hardy could get taken out by a shoe. And this is coming from a man who was taken out by a shoe. Yes, that's true. But it's not, a, it's not just like a big fucking new era boot or anything like that. It's this just is a shoe. It's like, put a, a brick really... in it. Put, at least show me putting a brick in it. A brickety boot. A like... brick in the boot. Brick in the boot. Yeah. Uh, and that's like a knockout? Him well, getting hit true. with a shoe? Really because soft shoe. Trish has done that in the, the 2000s. We've seen that on the crawl and pay-per-view. But that was those fucking, the big old. The big platforms. The ones where it adds like 10 in. But this is just a regular old shoe. It has a stiletto, but she didn't stab him. She hit him with the flap sole yeah like. like that's not enough that just makes Jeff look really weak mm. and it also gave us the line of the night from Jim Ross now you got an ankle fetish Jerry what <laughs> why what are you on about and needless to say 
me thinking about Jerry Lawler thinking about feet was not how I wanted to end Jeff Hardy's return match. Not feet. Ankles. ankles. Specifically the ankles. Truly, I was locked away in a human hail. A sail. An ankle. <laughs> so, it was, it was, it was, for me, naively, I'm like, hey, look, Jeff's proven he can do it, man. If I was writing the Hasselmania <laughs> column, I'd be like, Jeff is, Jeff will cash in his chips later on. He's one of the most valuable assets this brand has. He is. Time to rock the boat, maybe. Yeah. Who, who, who's to uh, say, really? Mm. I was happy to see him back. Of course. But I think it's only a matter of time. Like, Jesus, they, I think it was only a, within the hour they had him and Matt being like, maybe we should team up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Diminishing returns. I'm spinning my wheels. You're spinning your wheels. <laughs> Remember the poem, man? <laughs> Anti-hardy fans. <laughs> Teddy Long's in the house. Yay. Yeah, he's in the skybox all by himself. All by himself. Like there was this huge darkness around him where it's like everyone stay away from Teddy. I want to do his little dance there in his own on his own, <laughs> like you know, social distancing from Teddy Long, who is here as a representative of SmackDown. Mm. I like this little line, mm-hmm. uh, this little bit that we've added in here about John Cena's main event tonight. If he loses, he's going to leave Raw and he'll go to SmackDown, which Teddy is thrilled about. Yeah, because Teddy's Teddy's like, yeah, give me that loser. <laughs> like what the, the thing that what made sense though is and there was JR said this on Raw I think where he was like well Smackdown's just moved networks to the CW yep they want a big star I'm like that's not a bad idea John's in a movie coming out very soon uh, like, he's still got a bit of cachet about him I just think pick another time to do this gimmick than the night when someone who's actually retiring for, a way, for yeah. real honestly you know? but yeah Teddy's there he needs to watch the rest of all night now I just don't get why you'd want him like I, I want him because he's going to lose this match. Like, oh, it's, it's still John Cena, though. I don't like it. Now, hang on a minute, player. This is SmackDown, and it's the B Show. This <laughs> <laughs> is dance like, you know. And Palmer Cannon's dancing as well. No, like, yeah. No. Hardy Boy reunion, and this was so oh, fucking shit. Oh, cringe as well. So lame. So Jeff and Matt are like, hey man, hey man. And Alita's like, look at you two dickless wonders. Why don't you go fucking jump off a bridge, you smelly Egypt? <laughs> Matt looks shoot pissed off at Alita. He's not, he's not got over it yet. No. Matt, you made to maximise your minutes, lads. Like, Matt's shirt is so dirty. <laughs> he looks like he's not washed in a week. She comes in, calls Jeff a screw-up. She says that Edge is going to drive John Cena away just like he did to you, Matt Hardy. And now you have to tag with fucking Tatanka, you jabroni. And what do the boys say in response? Oh. Nothing. They look at their fucking shoes. It Couple is of losers. Absolutely so dispiriting. I don't want them to reunite now. Like. <laughs> That's the first time Team Extreme have all been together. Jesus. In what? fucking four years. Don't, don't Ouch. You want, don't you want them to reform and, and face teams such as the Highlanders, Adam? No, not if this is their attitude where they're like, oh man, Amy said something mean to us. Let's go and get a juice box and go to Tim Hortons. Well, we've got a shot of the super, super Hell in the Cell. They fed the <laughs> original Cell ooze. Oh, and now it's even taller, and JR's like, and no one will be jumping off this for at least 10 years. <laughs> I figured that there was something to say about it because the big show's so damn freaking big. His head would hit the ceiling they otherwise. Had to make it bigger. You know, but no, it's just like, yeah, we want to make it safer. So. Yeah, yeah, literally. And Shane apparently wanted to jump off the sand, do all sorts. Of course. But Triple H and Sean and the boys were like... I'm not fucking catching you. Yeah, well, what are we... What are we th- <laughs> 
you can do it, but I won't be there at the bottom. Sorry, my religion uh, doesn't allow me. I know I really wanted. I brought up in prayer group, but God was like, let him fall. Let him fall. You know, if he's and if he's if he's a good Catholic, if he's a good Christian, he won't he won't be hurt. I said the same thing to Mick Foley, but you know, he had a uh, he had darkness in his heart. <laughs> Me, I fell off. Fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's okay. No, it's alright. So yeah, we got that look forward to later. <laughs> but now it's time for the oh. Monsters Ball match as Kane takes on Umaga, you big red city say dummy. Brilliant. <laughs> Yay! He's back on the mic at least. He is, yeah. It's Adam time, folks. Yeah, of course I'm going to be taking us through this, baby. Let's... Are you excited, Adam, for Kane versus Umaga? You're goddamn right I am, man. This... Hey, come on, like... you're right. A manster, a, a manster. manster. I turn into a manster. Big fucking deal. Right. He's more a machine now than manster. Obviously, I always pop when I see a Kane match coming up. But genuinely, I think Kane is one of the guys that can do the whole monster versus monster kind of match mm. fairly well. Him and Big Show, they have managed before now to pull that off. It's like... true, amidst all those other ones they did, they have managed to do that as well. But I thought the pace for this was good because, you know, we had Umaga beat, he's beat Triple H, he's beat John Cena, he's beat Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. he's been involved in the kind of main event adjacent spot. And, like, who can you bring out to get another pop? And, it, you know, Kane was the last. Someone huge. And it will, like... And Kane's still fairly protected at this point. Yep. So a, a win for Umaga over Kane's going to give him that extra bump. For sure. See no evil 2, perhaps, starring Umaga, <laughs> many are saying. <laughs> That's really what should have been at stake here. Yeah. Like. Seriously, imagine that, though. Like, if you're in, like, kind of a haunted house or whatever, Umaga fucking bursts through the walls. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> having <laughs> sticking his thumb and ripping people's heads off. And his dick is like 10 feet long. Oh, oh my God. Talk about a Samoan spike. Well, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Fucking hell. Bandaged up penis. That's for you, Billy. <laughs> well, speaking of the Samoan spike, Kane took a couple of those on the bills on the way to this show. <laughs> and I think now would be a good time, folks, to delve into some speculative jizz. Oh, baby. Yes, I feel that like Adam Biblo's not gotten a chance to write a little bit of this. I haven't. In a long time. Between you two guys and the entire damn Glargay community getting involved on Patreon, like, it's been a while since I did one of these myself. And I will say, and I can say this wholeheartedly because I had literally nothing to do with any of the actual content of it. It was all ye fans. The Journey into Darkness fan fiction contest is probably the best two hours of podcasting I've ever been involved in. so fucking good. Oh my god, go check it out now. Easy day at the office for me and Kevin, like, here, read this. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) It's fun! Okay, this is from Raw on the road to Unforgiven. The man reached into his breast pocket (laughs) and pulled out a long brown cigar. It was a Fuente Opus X double Corona cigar. The cigar, the very cigar, that had been voted Cigar Aficionado's 2005 Cigar of the Year. Can I just say, clearly, this has just all been training you up now. You've been, you are already the, oh, yeah. the master jid scribe. That was now, the real reason for the fanfic contest. Yeah, you've got like, all the bells and I'm like an now. AI and I'm just feeding all this into <laughs> it. Like. He can turn anything into jid. <laughs> The cigar was held high above the man's head for the entire crowd in attendance, and most importantly of all, for Glenn to see. 
Glenn looked on in awe. He could only imagine the satisfaction one could get by pairing this creamy, caramelly cigar with a glass of Jameson's finest black barrel Irish whiskey. I genuinely hate both of those things, mm-hmm. but you've made them sound so delicious. Tasty, right? It does, yeah. A good cigar is a thing to be savoured, Glenn, Grimm had once told him. You have to appreciate the delicate mix of tobacco leaves. The perfect balancing of the chemicals, yes! <laughs> but this cigar would not be savoured. For the man holding it aloft violently snapped it in two, a decadent display of disrespect that would surely have Grimm screaming at his television. At the man's signal, the large Samoan hulk that had put Glenn on his back suddenly ascended to the second rope, holding his bandaged thumb aloft in the air. With a violent roar, the man, this monster of a man, this manster, Glenn thought to himself, <laughs> smirking at his own wordplay, <laughs> leapt from the rope and drove his hardened thumb into Glenn's throat. <laughs> immediately crushing Glenn's larynx, much like how Gene Snitsky had once done in Paul Grimm's basement all those years and all those chemicals ago. Yes. Of course, his throat would be absolutely fine, and it didn't even hurt because Glenn didn't feel pain sometimes. But the emotional damage... <laughs> Just throw that away. Just throw it away. Let's do a lot of heavy lifting that sometimes. But the emotional damage would be permanent. Inside his head, Glenn repeated the name of the man he would make his next victim. Umaga. 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 Suddenly, Glenn snapped back to reality. He was sat in his office at his desk, a journalist staring at him. Are you okay, Mr. Mayor? I'll repeat my question for you. Are you MAGA? Glenn Glenn adjusted his red baseball cap and replied proudly, You're goddamn right I am. (laughs) Oh my god, I want to intercept my copy of Jid that's going over to Australia and give it to you. That was fantastic. I will say I had a lot of fun being back in the writer's seat for this. But this is something we talked about before. Mm. What's our next pay-per-view, lads? Is it No Mercy we're doing next? Cyber Sunday. Cyber Sunday. Sunday. Folks, if you want to have a little look at the build to Cyber Sunday, see what's happening with Kane's world, and you want to have a go at doing a bit of jid yourself... No guarantees of inclusion, but it's, you know, Mm. hey, shoot your shot. Yeah, go for it. Give it a go. I'm going to say, what, 250 words, maybe? It's like Glenn says, you miss 100% of the elections, you don't declare interference (laughs) in. Exactly. Attitude Era Podcast at gmail.com. That's Attitude Era Podcast at gmail.com. And let me tell you, Adam... I was very happy for a nice long introduction from Armando Estrada in this one. Yeah. He he's so fucking good. He's amazing. I fucking adore him. How they dropped the ball on him, mm. I am still absolutely perplexed by. I don't particularly like the writing for him, but his delivery is good. That's what it's about. It's the delivery is insane. Him calling people big red dummies is like it's cringe, but coming from him, I kind of buy it. Well, like... I will say as well, a big part of this match, and I think it's very difficult to do, this is like entering into that upper echelon of managerial prowess, but when you as a manager can sell your your charges, your man's, like mm. his his struggle, and mm-hmm. you set like... In this match, Armando Estrada comes asunder, folks. He does. And I don't know how much of it was on purpose, but this dude was literally, his fucking trousers around his ankles, he was untucked, he was sweating through his suit, Mm. his hair was all over the place, his cigars were halfway across Canada. He sold every bit of this monster's ball, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. 
So, Adam, as you are the man who likes Kane so very much. The very man that the, likes Kane so very much. much. Then you take us through this Muller Corner Fest of Kane vs. Sumaga. <laughs> Gladly. And I'm glad that you're starting us off on the right foot because we're going to lock up and take it right into that corner. <sighs> Kane bopping Umaga around into the opposite corner. Mm. And it's at this point that JR tells us, oh, amazing bit of commentary here. Kane has competed at eight of the nine Unforgiven events. Now, I swore, because people complained about this a lot in, like, 2015 or thereabouts, where, like, oh, don't you don't you hate how they just spurn out these needless fucking factoids now, where it's like, of the last 27 Intercontinental Championship matches, Miz has been in all 27, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. They were doing it back here as the, well, folks. JR is all over it tonight. Like, non-stop, unforgiven facts. Last eight of nine unforgiven. I know. What a and, shit fucking epitaph. And how many of those did he do the job at, Jim? Because... <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kane ain't winning no Unforgiven. And how many of those did he wrestle Big Show at? Uh, <laughs> all of them, you say? We do actually get one of our grunts of the night quite early on here, folks. Umaga hits the ropes and flies at Kane with a flying... Kind of a Wookiee sound. Yeah, a metallic quality yeah. to it there. We get an awesome spinning heel kick. Kane immediately sits up from that. Kane on the outside grabs Armando like you were referring to here, Kevin. The man sacrifices his jacket for this man. Come on. Comes off him like a sausage skin. This like. is around the time where they refer to this match as a battle of extreme monster trucks. <laughs> hey, now, we ain't on top of Kobo Hall here. Come on. Umaga also gets referred to as a Samoan bus as well. So channeling, <laughs> they're channeling Taz here. Big Samoan bus Hernandez. <laughs> And then King says it's like Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah! Who's Mothra? Right? Here? Look at the pull! Who's controlled by a tiny clamshell with little lads inside? I like that. Is it, Kane. Is it Kane? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, controlled by chemicals, controlled by clams, similar <laughs> Clamicles. Clamicles. <laughs> I like that when you get a little exposure to Jerry Lawler being a big fucking nerd. Because anyone else would have been like, it's like Godzilla versus King Kong. But no, Mothra, man. Real fucking kaiju fan. We're going deep here. Umaga did a fucking Shining Wizard at one point. In yeah. This mm. His offense is so fucking good. But then he beats Kane down in his favorite corner. Aww. It's got to be so fucking embarrassing for him. Which corner is that, Adam? The right corner? The, <laughs> the far right corner. <laughs> <laughs> Simone Spike gets Sorry, Billy, DX is apolitical. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We, we, totally. Don't, we don't wade in on stuff like that. I'd like to welcome President Trump to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your close personal friend. To the, to the board of directors of TKO. He's been, <laughs> been, a, great, oh, been a great partner. Uh, go to bat for the country and for TKO. I appreciate that a lot. Uh... You know, many times I said in my career that I am the game, uh, truly. Uh, well, President Trump, he just really changed, 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 changed the damn rules of the whole damn game, which I would gladly play uh, any way you'd like me to and help out. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a great time at WrestleMania 23. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus wept, I've forgotten. Dark time. I'm on my way. We are, of course, referring to Kane versus the Great Khali. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Simone Spike gets blocked with one of Kane's throat thrusts. i got to say, I fucking love that move where he's just like... Dar! 
right into your chin. Like, and it a little bit of... The sa- Kane is full-on babyface sassy here tonight, he folks. He full of fucking worms and pep and vinegar. I love it. Kane throws Umaga wet back in the corner. There and little tribute to his brother. Did you catch this? Kane doing the... Yes. Showing respect to the boys there. I like that. You've got to put some variation in the pitch there. Like, it's very good doing the... But you want to have the... But that sounds too much like scat or... Um... That's why the fans love it, though, Billy. <laughs> it's a fine line, Billy, between scat and MMA. We, yeah. We've realised this, okay? I mean, it's just making me think of Close Encounters as well. Umaga goes for another super Samoan spike, which is what he did to Kane on the build to this, but it's avoided via the sit-up. I thought that was a very cool spot. Is this the point where they did the crash zoom on Armando and he literally did a face straight out of the Mario Kart like he was going to give you the mushroom cup? (laughs) (laughs) He just... (laughs) (laughs) Flying clothesline. This is where Kane's really fucking like... Like throwing his arm around, doing all the fucking Smackdown 3 taunts. Like (laughs) Belly to belly to Umaga to the outside... Brawling into the crowd. I said this was shades of Big Show and Aki Bono. Like, God, this, dude. This ring was going to fall asunder. These two behemoths were in here. Going through the crowd. Double count out. Okay. Oh, but we're moving on to the stage. This yeah. is an awesome stage. Yeah. Loads of corrugated I iron. I think it's going through. Here we go. They're going backstage. Okay, backstage. There's going to be... Oh, that's it. What a... Damp finish. Fuck me. I was literally okay with them doing the double count. Same. If you gave gave me like another 10 minutes. Yeah. Not even that. Just give me a close. uh, Give me like a choke slam off the stage or just one big spot. Or just leave. It was the fact that they left. We got the boo. Double count out. Damn these monsters. They came back and then just left. Yeah. That was such a misfire. Or if like later in the show, you like come backstage and they're still fighting. Definitely. But this is literally it. That's how the match ends. That's all we see of them now. I was so on board to finally like a double count out finish and they mm-hmm. managed to fuck it up. But it was a great monster v monster encounter. I did still enjoy it. Made me want to see more. That's the thing. It's you actually know? got me hoping for a sequel now. So I guess we'll see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. Certainly Umaga, I feel like, is low-key one of the boys of the season. He is uh, absolutely... He will continue to be. Yeah. He's, he's got some great matches for the re- remainder of the season. It's honestly shocking what a good job they're doing booking him. Mm-hmm. Like, it has been very logically just, like, progressing in the way that you would hope it would for someone like him. It's going to go downhill, Adam. I'm sure... <laughs> you've said that about so many it's things. It's going to go downhill. I feel like every time I say something positive this season you're like oh adam just you (laughs) that thing you like is gonna be shit soon but you know how they say the night is the darkest before the dawn the opposite of that (laughs) so you know that's it it'll it'll be a good bit and then shit it's gonna get it's gonna get bad then it's gonna get really good and then we're just gonna kind of forget about it backstage vince mcmahon narrates his ice cold msg main event i'm thinking folks what? Triple H versus Vince McMahon on the fifth anniversary of 9-11 in New York City. Yippee. Wasn't a fucking barrel of laughs. I know, even though we had Vince McMahon in a rare red tank top. Oh man, I fucking love that. And earlier in the night, we had Vince McMahon in a fleece. Yeah. Wow. All the variants. Yeah, it was a night that saw, I mean, no crowd reaction. What can you say? No. Like. We get the best ever Triple H entrance from that, though, I would say, because just before their match, the McMahons closed the limo door on his head, and he's, like, bleeding out the ears. 
And then it's like, and he's literally stumbling around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <And then laughs> blood everywhere. You, you get to see it later on tonight, but then working the ears of Triple H. Oh, baby. No, my ears. <laughs> I'm not supposed to get them worked over this much. <laughs> the plan for tonight, as uh, narrated by Shane McMahon, the big show's going to come in, he's going to rip everyone apart, and then... Boom, boom, bam, bam, bam. I'm going to do a couple of things. <laughs> and That's then, literally how he books his matches. And, like. then, and then Vince, you come in and get the pin and Vince goes, uh-uh, unlike the country of Canada that relies on its allies, boo, I'm going to get in and get me some tonight. Yeah. I felt like something was going to happen here because it was like Vince asked Shane where, where Big Show is and, and Shane just goes, oh, he's just down hall. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, expecting. You're like, oh, what's that all about? No, it's no, literally no, Big Show is down just down the hall. You're shows. not needed for this scene, Paul. You go and sit I down. I don't know why you would put that in the script. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you put the Big Show in the script, to be honest. I feel so bad for him being well, here. Well, look, obviously, something has to happen between Vincent Man getting the pin and Shane going boom, boom, bam, bam, and doing a couple of things. Can't wait for that hell in the cell later on tonight, <laughs> folks. King literally demands silence so we can get uninterrupted. Run by Day of Fire, the Christian rock band providing the music for tonight's show, who are pretty much spotless. Clean. Yeah, came back wow. clean. And you know you come back clean when Kevin doesn't just search controversy anymore. The new key phrase is you put the band name and then COVID. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, you get all sorts. Uh-oh. It's a completely unforgettable song. It's fine. Unforgettable? Uh, forgettable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And you're listening to Unforgettable 2006. <laughs> it's time for the tag team titles to be on the line. Here we fucking go. No. Special Billy match to ruin the show. Yeah, this is the Billy portion of the yeah. evening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is what he wanted to do this season. It's Spirit Squad versus the Highlanders. <sighs> Robbie and Rory, who God bless them, they've gotten everything going for them, it feels. They've got the comedy... You know, that they want in WWE at this point in time, yep. which is that very lame kind of SNL style. Yeah. I'm from Scotland. No, I'm from Scotland. Oh, God. We'll probably go and eat out of the toilet or whatever it is that we Whee. do. And you know what I love? There is a solidarity between the Irish and many, many groups around the world. Mm. You know, historically, there's been a lot of solidarity between the Irish and the Palestinians and the Indians. And also as well between Ireland and Scotland. Of course. Because we like to look each other in the eyes quietly as if to say wordlessly. Do you reckon we get treated worse or better than <laughs> in literally all instances of Hollywood ever doing anything before 2013? And boy, oh boy, the Highlanders here. These lads are actually Scottish. Yeah, yes, from, they are. Are, yeah. are they from? Oh, that's where the build from. The build from Open Scotland. But they are literally just two lads who used to you know, work the circuit around here. They did uh-huh. the holiday camps. They did the Butlins, all that jazz. They literally packed their shit up. They moved over to the US in like early 2000s, started working indies. Doing the gimmick to like they would do the gimmick all the time. Like, hey, we're the crazy Scottish guys. I mean, if you're angling to get a job with WWE, that's the way to do it, right? Well, Pritchard and his podcast showed the reason why they got hired. He was like, they weren't just Scottish though. Like, this was who they were. They showed up to events wearing uh, the kilt. You know, they would wear that. They would they would come to the show, and they would like they would be wearing it. And like, I'm thinking kind of like. 
Yeah, because they want to get hired. Yeah, like, yeah. they're just trying to get noticed. Like, like Bruce, if I want to get in a job in WWE in 2006, you better believe I'm showing up in my fucking leprechaun costume. <laughs> right? And that's just what Kevin did. He, he <laughs> that's he, who he was. He was that. He would drink Guinness every time I saw him. That is, it's what you are. <laughs> There's nothing like confirming your small-minded prejudices to get you a job in WWE Aww. in 06. And like. The comedy bits were all right, nah. but like literally in the build up to this, they started doing the the crime time bits, oh, and they Jesus, had to be proper yeah. racist with them, so they much yeah. prefer those, mm, you know. And it's the crime time segments where they're like JTG and Shad Gaspard are like robbing this man at yeah. gunpoint, mugging someone, and waiting for the punchline. It's like that's it, <laughs> that's it. JTG and Shad Gaspard come from a very bad part of your neighborhood. Jesus Christ! And they're coming to get you. Fucking hell, lads! I I am uh, I'm very scared to see. I am I'm ashamed. I, I, I think it's Cyber Sunday is their first pay per view appearance. I think. Look forward to that. At you. but uh, yeah, Spirit Squad put the tie titles on the line here. The Highlanders who got the Roddy Piper rub in MSG. Yeah, they did. Who they refer to as the most famous Scotsman in the history of Scotland. That mm. bit was so weird. Mm. There was a bit where it's like, <laughs> Now hold on a minute. I'm Roddy. I'm Robbie. I'm Roddy. I'm Robbie. I'm Roddy. I'm Robbie. This is the most fun I've had since I fought Mr. T. The crowd is silent. <laughs> like... 9 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um... I can't remember what it was verbatim, but I saw Roddy do a Q&A in London. <laughs> and he literally was like, you know, they say I'm not Scottish, but I've come here to the UK and I love Scotland and you can't tell me I'm not. He got a standing ovation. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean... And if they can't determine your Scottishness in London, where can they? Honestly. I mean, there are a lot of people of Scottish descent in Canada. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of Scottish people in mm-hmm. Canada. And we'll never know Roddy's true ancestry, yeah, really. We'll know. Yeah, the Highlanders have kind of... They've wrestled... They've done this thing where they've wrestled the Spirit Squad loads That's the build-up the thing. to this. And I'll tell you what, Billy, I say this with no whiff of irony or tongue-in-cheekness, I would have much rather to see my man Hacksaw, Jim Duggan and Eugene on here. Yeah. 100%. Who are a reliable yeah. pop and breath of fresh air yeah. on Raw and 06. People love them because they're one little bit of difference in the whole show. Yeah. Can we say right now on the record for everyone to hear, Billy, you were right. Yes. That stuff is so fucking funny. Hacksaw, so Jim Duggan is great. I watched the big boss man's last match in Japan before he died Ooh. yesterday and Hacksaw Jim Duggan came out into a half-empty arena in Japan and went, USA! <laughs> and they all started chanting it. Hell yeah. USA! <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Hacksaw. And Legends House has made me love him even more. Yes, for sure. Made me like him less though because he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> he was a dick to Tony, but, but his, they patched up. They patched they did it up, patch it up and his relationship with Roddy is so sweet. Yes. like. Highlanders, they're not, they didn't get much of a pop when they came out. I think, like, if you were to give them the tag title match, you should have hit the ground running, like, week one, do it. Yeah, yeah, pull the trigger. Four weeks of people going, eh, I don't know. The one thing I like about it most is that Robbie sweats like a fucking machine. Mm. Good lord, that man sweats. He's a big ham, isn't he? He is. Uh, Rory has the knowing eyes of a man who knows the run is already over. Yeah. yeah. He's heading over to TNA 
while under contract. I got my tickets. Got my hat pulled all the way down. I, I was going to ask you, do you know why they were fired? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking asking for it, mate. Mikey and Kenny. He just in the turned r- up sorry. in the kilt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And that was so funny is that TNA didn't even give him a job. No, no, they didn't even get a job out of it. Mate, the rule is you cross the line, you get a job. That's what they told me. You, so I'm not going to do a TNA version of this. And no, no, it's going to be no TNA season unless you guarantee me in writing we're going to get a job for crossing <laughs> the line. So it is Mikey and Kenny in the ring for the Spirit Squad in this one. One fun thing that we had was that Robbie, whose whole thing is that he's kind of like the crazy man of the group, he gets slapped in the face for the tag. Mm. That's fun. Except he has to kind of like brace himself and he can tell he doesn't really Aww. like it. So he's like, yeah, I'm Robbie. I'm the one who gets hit in the face. And there's also one point where the ref doesn't see it and acknowledge the tag. So he's like, dude. And they have to do it three times. <laughs> he slaps him in the face. It's kind of like they're the Bushwhackers, but they have a normal walk. like Not like a fun comedy walk. And, and, and they, li- they headbutt instead of lick. Yes. Yeah. You're um, right. This is so new generation, actually, isn't it? This, it is. The fucking the two Scottish guys versus the cheerleaders. Like. I mean, I, I, I could conceivably enjoy this, but the problem is, is like if you get the goofy gimmick, you gotta go in all fucking yeah. All you've got to go all in. And, and Robbie stood in the apron screaming, "Get that son of a bitch!" Like you're not. That's not who you are. Yeah. You're not the get that son of a bitch guy. You're the lad who slaps his cousin and asks him what his name is. Mm. Now go walk over there. No, not like the Bushwhackers. No, no don't walk to TNA. Normal. <laughs> normal walk. Their weird corner handstand knee thing that they're meant to do, which I think is meant to be like a, oh, we're going to see up their kills type of thing. But Is that what that is? It's so low angle and the camera's not there to like, so it just looks like they kind of go, <laughs> just Todd Grisham pulling up it. <laughs> pulling the kills. Todd Grisham will <laughs> That's my pain, man. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> so like it's 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 not really got anything going for them there. If they're if they're get, they're one little bit of gimmickry hasn't been picked up on by no. the production. What's the point? And it's not even heel heat that the the spirit squad have anymore. It is full on go away. Yes. Uh, like, speak for yourself. Did you see the ostentatious new hat on Johnny? Oh, <laughs> that sort of boo heel hat. Hats with heat. That's what I want to go back to. You yeah, know, people are tired of this shit. Myself I can't, included. I can't remember how long we have left of the Spirit Squad. Not long. It's really not, uh, not it's long. Good stuff. They don't last. They don't last out the year, as far as I'm aware. And what about DX? They're going to be gone soon as well, right? Please, no, please, no, please. no, 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 no. I know that you and Triple H's knee are really hoping that it's going to be <laughs> over soon, but we got a long way to go. I remember in 1997 where we kept laughing about people screaming, kill him, and he's going to be killed, yeah. and all that, and thinking, oh, it's a bygone era, you wouldn't get away with that now. Well, we're obviously still in that era, because Nikki full-on screams, kill him! Kill him! Kenny! Kill him, Kenny! Kenny, kill him! It's just like, you're the cheerleaders, man. Yeah. Why are you, who are you killing? It's only the Highlanders, lads. Calm down. And I'm sure there's probably some fucking athletic group in America where the cheerleaders kill someone and the coaches covered it up or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're made a senator there or whatever it is. <laughs> and they're on the board of TKO as well or whatever <laughs> it is. But not in 06, yeah? Rory is bright red. He is sweating main event buckets. Yeah. Okay, this six minutes. Oh, Some kilts are really warm. There's nothing sadder than a dude on the apron banging on the steps, clap, 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 Please. screaming, "Come on, come on!" Anybody? And they don't. No. And this is a 
pretty nice crowd. Yeah, very generous crowd, mostly. And it's not like a bad match. They're not like fucking uploads. It's a fucking raw match, though. It's, yeah, it's it a is. normal match. This is not a pay-per-view match. No. It's a long match, for what mm. it needs to be. The crowd refused to be baited by the Spirit Squad doing the heart attack. Yeah. No. <laughs> not having that. Just, just ignore them. Like, just don't give them anything. We got a hot owl to Rory McTagaster, which is the most fun I've had with the Highlanders. He's got five guys to clear house with. Yep. All the squad run in. He takes care of all of them. Doesn't get a peep from the audience. We get the Scott drop. Scott drop. Which is a pretty cool move. It is a kind of like, you know Tony Blanchard would bounce you off the ring ropes for a suplex, but it's a double reverse oh, suplex yeah. with the with the bounce off the ropes. That is neat. Pretty cool. A little bit precarious. Again, nothing happens. We get the. Karate kick from Johnny, which has got a name now. Mm-hmm. The Johnny Go Round. The, the, the Johnny Go Round. The Johnny Go Round. <laughs> and then I quote a beard assisted face buster <laughs> from Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> the Spirit Squad win and the crowd come back to life to groan. Yeah. It was a proper zombie match, this. And we end by Jerry Lawler going, if idiots could fly. These guys would be in airport. Airports can't what? fly. No, airports are very famously grounded buildings. <laughs> they say they, they, uh, would land on them? Does that make Vince McMahon an air traffic controller? Just... Commentary's on fire tonight, dude. Unbelievably awful. And the only joy I got of this in the end was J.R. having to turn to the camera and be like, it is a vile, <laughs> diabolical structure. It is custom built for injury with... It's DX versus the corporation inside hell in a cell. You have laughed in the past, but there's an old expression. He who laughs last laughs loudest. What is this? The ECW Heavyweight Champion, the biggest athlete in the world. Oh no, choke slam! Bam! That is gonna hurt. McMahon's got a left high. I can't believe the damage, the physical dissection of DX. My son Shane can be back in the ring with you two. This time, the big show will be joining And this time, it'll be hell in the sand. I think we just heard DX's distance. Hell in the sand. The most destructive, unforgiving, satanic structure that has ever been created. This kind of match is not for the weak-hearted. It's been a long time since someone has made us taste our own blood. Thank you for reminding us just who the hell we are. The ex McMahon's and the Big Show as badly as they've ever wanted anyone in their careers. Hell in the Cell, DX, their fate will be sealed. Nobody can beat them. It'll be Hell in the Cell when DX is disenfranchised, dismembered, and defeated. What in God's name, what price have we paid, and they're forgiven inside hell of a cell. 
the vast majority of the stuff in this package is from fucking months ago. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Yeah, are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm ready to relive all the stuff from June and July and August. I'm not ready. I'm genuinely amazed this isn't our main event. I am gobsmacked that these lads were okay with going on in the middle of the show. Like, well, you know, we kind of showed to Hogan, you know, that it, wasn't, it didn't matter where you are on the cards. You know, that main event of, can mean a lot of things. I bet they were like, I don't care where you put us, just put us after the Highlanders. I want to, I want <laughs> I don't care about the pop. It's the, the aggregate, the difference between the pops. You know, the Highlanders, they come in, they build up the heat. The DX, they come in. They get the pop. Uh, the heat and the pop, huh? Yeah, the the, Vince, like, the heat and the pop. <laughs> Tell me more about this, Triple H. Billy, were, had you seen this match before? Were you, yes. Were you excited for... <laughs> I remembered from the time that it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that is still my opinion now. It's okay. Okay. It's not something that you would jump to. A multi-person handicap Hell in a Cell match. It feels like you've been messing around on custom match mode on mm. 2K. Like I don't think they've even like they've done like the tag matches back in like, '98 where it was like you know Kane and Mankind or on whatever Raw, it is on like, Raw. Yeah. But like multi-man inside Hell in the Cell, we've not had like other than Armageddon and those few kind of throwaway ones on Raw to kind of get over the structure. Mm. It's it's not really something that there's a you know a, a blueprint for. You think of Hell in a Cell, you traditionally think of like two guys ending their feud, not three on two, and also two of that three are just McMahons, not even wrestlers. Mm. Shane McMahon comes out, and he is so ludicrously baggy, I said he's the Oogie Boogie Man here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, are they trying to kill Paul White then? Oh, seriously, what is this all about? Like, the poor fucking dude. I mean, he looks healthier here than he did last time, I think. He's not looking. He's I mean, not looking as grey as last time. Yeah, but also this guy's meant to be on ECW. Like he's been yeah. having to work Raw, ECW, and now pay per view. Like hey Vince, just that you know, I'm kind of thinking about winding down 2006. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. you got ECW Punjabi prison working for oh, Cali Harlan Nassau Extreme Elimination yeah. Chamber. This man needs new shoes. Honestly. He has to fucking go through... You, We're only a few weeks from the Punjabi prison match, right? Like, he's probably still feeling that. Yeah, yeah. And he has he had to do so fucking much to... Like, he's carrying that ECW show mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you want a hardcore match? It's going to be a big show this yes. week. Yes, every is week. every fucking... He's busted open every... He's done blood left in him. Oh, Why are they doing this to him? It's so horrible. Literally why. I don't understand why he was the guy that we picked, of all things. And, like, you've just released Kurt Angle, who's a Mm. man who's willing to, like, gaslight himself to get out of contract. Mm. And now, like, you're... Don't you understand the problems of pain that your company clearly has right now? No. No. (laughs) No, we do not. (laughs) I just, like, there is a lack of compassion, and then there is this. Yeah, it's cruel. There's no way in a million years you can look me dead in the eyes and say, the big show has to be in this match. Mm-hmm. Any fucker could be. Caden yeah. Murdoch could be in here instead. Oh, well, well actually, let's any calm down. <laughs> any fucker could be in here. Where the fuck is the big show doing in the hell in the cell? Right. Everyone bleeds in this match, by the way. Oh, folks. yeah, it's should, a bloodbath. It should have been Umaga. 
It could have been Umaga. Been, yeah. so there's, there's already the link between the two. Makes more sense than Big Show because, like, literally, Paul Heyman's had to be like, Vince McMahon's actually my friend now. Right. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah, sure. Like McFoley is too. They've been reusing um, Finley, Regal, and Mr. Kennedy as well, yeah. which they had last Any month. Any of them like, would have worked. They become McMahon's stooges. Because there's nothing about the Big Show in DX. No. He's he's literally a henchman, a hired yes. gun. And the world champion of ECW as well. That's it. We don't. I don't think. Have we seen Big Show interact with DX at all? Like they've not pulled a prank on him or anything. They like. had a handicap match on ECW on Sci-Fi. Jesus wept. But I promised I wouldn't watch any more ECW <laughs> for the good of the I season. I told my doctor that I wasn't going to watch anymore. Otherwise, I'd just spend all my time writing hypothetical Hasselmania columns. Yeah. And if I rocked the boat so much, we'd all fall overboard, wouldn't we? <laughs> we keep cutting to Paul White, whose breathing is extremely laboured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's a big pug tonight. He's got, like, wrestling apnea. Like, it's, oh, he can't geez. fucking... He's, you're going to make him do this good, long-ass match? And that new cell is many things, but visible it ain't. No, it is impossible to see through. I'll tell you what else it isn't. It's not 20 feet taller than the last one. Like, <laughs> that's actually embarrassing 20, that JL... 20 taller. feet taller than the previous cell. So it's what, 35 feet tall? I guess. Right. It's so easy to look at Big Show stood there and be like, well, he's 7 foot and he's about over halfway through the... Re- it's maybe 15 foot total at a push. So it's not five Big Shows tall is what you're telling uh-uh. me. Like... I can't see fuck and Shane McMahon. I swear, like I, I turned my head and he was already bloody. Yep. Yeah. He becomes this is a, a bloody old man. It is. is. It's a pile of bloody rags, hoping you can't see through the fucking the impossible cell walls to see what's going on inside. Vince gets whipped into the cage and he's literally like as, yeah. he, as he's running into he's like, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's kicking himself yeah. mid fucking Irish whip. Sean looks egregiously bored. Yes, he well, does. Well, that's because we've got the new serious DX. Because they got laid out, it was like, Thank you for making us bleed our own blood. You reminded us just who the hell we are. Thank We're boring you. now. Yeah. So they're really mad serious tonight. They're really serious. So that's why they came out with all their gimmicks. And yep. Doing things. Dancing around. They didn't like, do their, are you ready to suck it though? That's, no. They're serious. Yeah. Down to business. Triple H is doing all the shortcuts in this one. The old toolbox comes into play and lots of screwdriver spots and look Triple H you can't work a screwdriver like a sledgehammer he's got the screwdriver and the tip of it in the top crease of his top finger and like his elbows and his face now unless that's like a fucking sword length that screwdriver it's so and it's just lads cutting themselves going right in the camera this does lead to our actual grunt of the night here at one hour eight minutes and five seconds as Triple H is stabbing Vince McMahon in the skull with a screwdriver. Again, Vince getting the memo about like this needs to be more intense. This feud yeah. needs intensity. <laughs> The funnest thing about the start of this match was definitely the crowd going into a universal you screwed Brett chant that kind of murmurs into a wait, who are we chanting this at? <laughs> who screwed yeah. Brett? It All was that, these lads. It was that piece of shit Paul White. <laughs> the comments he made on Vince McMahon's DVD were egregious. There's a baby. Get over it, man. <laughs> I enjoyed JR calling Vince Daddy Big Bucks in this Aww. match. <laughs> I can get behind Daddy Big Bucks. <laughs> 
one point he refers to Vince being a billionaire and he's like, I can't imagine what it would like to be a billionaire or a millionaire or a hundred air. <laughs> I've never had a hundred dollars. They paying you, Jim? Like, <laughs> I know you got, a, you got a couple of divorces under your belt as well. Like, but you're oh, right, no. like, you know? Big Show is giving us socks with the silly faces, and there was yes. a lot of very silly faces in this one. He gets low blowed silly face, yes. whipped into the stairs. He goes, yeah, he starts dabbing at one point. <laughs> Big Show then works the ear of Triple yeah. H and the massive hands of the Big Show around the cerebral assassin's ear. <laughs> My God, I was like, oh, how's he going to hear? I hear anything now. Uh, the alley-oop to HBK yes! into the damn cell. I got a big pop out of me. Yes, at 1 hour 13, we get our uh, yuck, yuck, yuck of the nice <laughs> as the Big Show goes flipped with great force by the... <laughs> Turns into Tony Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of oh yeah from HBK. Everyone's yeah, doing it. Uh, oh, yeah. HBK sounds very puggish as well. Mm. Like yeah, I think they're, they're trying to. Everyone's trying to make themselves bleed quicker, and that's why you get that's that. totally it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get the coast to coast right into the ear. Of into the yeah. ear. And then, then uh, Big Show starts sh- shouting O oh, into his ear as well. Yeah, extra oh. ear damage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, lads. I'm glad I'm watching WWE and not some awful, gratuitous blood and guts promotion. Mm. Fucking five men going, yeah, make myself bleed more. Yeah, no, make my ear bleed. Show does the Vader bomb! Yeah. yeah! And then Vince McMahon, one, two, bravo! <laughs> oh. Go school! Quite frankly, quite frankly, uh, gonna go to school and uh, he does that like a bunch more. Yeah! So, they had it won. Sean gets, I can't believe I've not called it this because we had the big throw from Todd and that's a nice name for mm-hmm. the Cobra. The big Shobra clutch. There I mean, you it's go. right there, there isn't it? Is. Like, you know, that's good. Sean has taken. The hog drop, yep. the big Shobra clutch, and the alley-oop, stick a fork in him, is the fucking final cut next. Mm. What, I was genuinely waiting what, for what it. What this man take? <laughs> uh, Triple H, on one ear, yep. clears the entire yep. ring. And he's like, how does Triple H sell that he's on one ear? He does kind of spaghetti legs. <laughs> His equilibrium's off. That's it. Shane... Muscles up Triple H. Yeah. Genuinely impressive. It Couldn't was believe probably it. Probably the most impressive thing in this match. Mm-hmm. Th- that and the catapult he does to Triple H from, yeah. from off the stairs. Yes. Like, you, you don't think of Shane as like a strong person like no. physically. I would go as far as to say, Billy, that Shane McMahon muscling up Triple H in a feat of strength that's genuinely impressive works against the story of the match. Kind of does. Like, he I can see your point. Yeah. He has him in the backbreaker position like on his shoulders for such a long time. And he does that scary thing that Albert used to do back in the day where he, he gets in the torch rack and he spins you out into the neck yeah. breaker. And he does that to Triple H. It's like someone's in there editing the moves in the creator character. <laughs> and fucking hell, alright, good stuff. <laughs> Jay Orcos. That was a tribute to superstar Billy Graham. Thanks, Jim. Was it? Was he doing the spin out torture rack backbreaker? Yeah, for sure. Was, was he, was he doing that in to, blood in a hell in a cell? Was like. he doing that to Bruno, was he? Like <laughs> all the all the moves. One hour twenty and forty-five, another hell of a Vince McMahon grunge. Shane McMahon may be bleeding for the nose and the mouth. Oh. He's 
selling this if no one else is. He's That's taking it. it seriously. He's compensating for the other lads. Uh, at which point Vincent Man does undo his trousers. Yep. Here we go. It's time. Sean's already kissed his hole. Twice. <laughs> Don't say hole. He has though. They've all shifted. They've all had a go. They've Everyone's had to all. Round a go. Loads of goes. Yep. So why does he need to have it happen all the time? He likes it. It's his thing. I thought Vince was going to do the cane pin, but instead he's holding Sean down for a splash. He gets splashed instead, which then leads to this roundabout sequence that ends up with the Big Show's trunks being pulled down. That made yeah. me... I literally was like, no! <laughs> I felt so bad for this poor fucker. Like, the mixed metaphors in this match, because you've got Vince McMahon pulling down his pants. All right. The Big Show's pants been pulled down. Okay, that's really sad. It and is then, tragic. At the same moment, Shane's getting a chair put on his neck. Yeah, he gets yeah. pulmonized. He gets to dive an elbow onto it, and it's like... He has the sauce, like the really thick yeah. sauce coming out of the mouth. Like, he's like coughing up white cream like he's in fucking... No. Like he's in Prometheus. Like, oh, it's, God. It's, it's really scary, Shane Seller. Ah, but look at the Big Show's bum, Ah, Shane, it's a shame you're paralysed and you can't get up and have a good laugh at this. What the fuck is this? And then they put Vince's head right up there, like, all the way in, like... Yeah. He comes out with his muffler in his mouth. (laughs) Big Show's got bloody handprints on his arms. Bloody face prints as well. And, like, that's a... That's got to be a two wet wipe job. That one's got yeah. all of Vince McMahon's oh, blood out of your asshole. Yeah. Like, Get the bidet ready, folks. <laughs> Vince Christ. immediately starts retching as well. Yeah, like. I mean, that tracks, to be honest. <laughs> it's really funny. When Shane, when Shane got paralysed in this match, they went, that's the future of the WWE. Yeah. How's Waystar Royco going to survive without <laughs> Connor, everyone? <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. As Vince McMahon is pulled from the carcass of Big Show's arse, Jared just goes, he needs Dr. Haney. Let it He's go, Jim. He's getting in on it now. I love bringing that up. Let it go, Jim. Vince gets the broken sledgehammer and sweet oh. shit music. Gets a big holy shit chant from the crowd. The yeah. fact that the, 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 the sledgehammer breaks. And that was a cool spot. It was. It was a cool visual. You know, that was the first time I think we'd gotten that in a, in a God knows how long. I think he did that once to Taker, maybe? Yeah. They're doing the double finish setup where it's going to be like sweet chin music, then pedigree. But this does Sean no favours where like this 60-year-old man who has been like bloodied and battered and beaten down gets he- the sweet chin music and he's like... Oh, I don't know who's going to stand here now, quite frankly. <laughs> Vince literally hulks up right before that. Yeah. Like he stands in the ring and he does his fucking fire and he's like, Rah! you know, strong style Vince McMahon. Like, um, yeah, DX win. Let me go. Uh, let me go. I don't, <laughs> don't want to. Enough I, now. I feel like maybe he could have done this at SummerSlam. Maybe. Yeah. And that yeah. would be okay, but this was. There's too many times That's they've done it. this now. Yeah. Too long. JR saying, Good God Almighty, please make it over, was probably not the way you wanted this match to end, did it? No. Because, again, it was like we've seen these combination of lads far too many times, and that was a long, bloody affair. And now we get five minutes of like. Shane McMahon getting loaded onto a stretcher there. You can see his eyes. He looks terrified. And like you have Shane McMahon literally selling that he's he's paralyzed and he has yeah. that like and like look how afraid he is, Jay. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, he's not afraid. He's just so concussed he doesn't know where he is. Yes. And, and <laughs> they have a moment and Shane's been wheeled out and be like, oh, 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 
will I be able to do my Hoist Gracie MMA training at the weekend? I got a voucher for Christmas and I hope I can go and take my boys. I want my boys to learn MMA with me. And as they're wheeling him away, being like, Shane McMahon's dead. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Might as well dig up a hole and throw his bloody corpse in it. They're showing the replay of Big Show, his bum being yep. exposed as Jay Hornley with the Big Show's big arse on screen goes, that's the furthest I've ever seen an athlete go in my life, King. <laughs> like, you can do one or the other. It can be comedy, yes. or it can be paralysis and that, that's the it. fucking serious China's next broken voice. Yeah. That's what it was pitched as being. at the same time. It was but, meant to be fun and games time is over. You've brought out the serious DX now. Yeah, well, they're just they're just talking for the sake of talking because they have to change the mat now because they can't have, they can't have Trish wrestle her last match in, <laughs> fucking, in fucking shit and blood, muffler like. fluid everywhere. Well, thanks for heating them up for us, folks. Uh, yeah. Just going back, follow that to Trish. Like. <laughs> <laughs> blood everywhere. Shame it managed to go to a console. Follow that, <laughs> Trish. My fucking big show waddles past because he's got an ass full of ragu. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, Vince gets stretched out just like WrestleMania 22. Yes, and it kind of that's one of my favorite matches ever, Sean and yeah. Vince. But I will tell you right now, just for the cheers of the podcast fans, I've ruined that match by watching all of this. Yes, that's taken yeah. away because from that. it just mean it makes it mean less, and you daring to show me the same fucking imagery yeah. again. Mm. It's like why I can't remember. Is, is this it now? For Vince and them, yes. Okay, but thanks, there's, fuck. There's lots more DX to yeah, come. Yeah, no, we've got DX to come, but at least we've got to have a new target. That's something, at least. It'll freshen it up a little maybe, bit. Maybe some Back more. to the Spirit Squad, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> caption, caption, contest, contest, brought to you by our brand spanking new wide array of t-shirt designs. Yeah. Adam, where can these fantastic listeners of the Attitude podcast Get their torsos on some brand new fits. It's a simple URL, folks. It's apodcast-creator.spring.something or other. What's our all my links instead? Go to allmylinks.com forward slash aepodcast. Allmylinks.com forward slash aepodcast. Links to the show, Twitter, all the socials, but most importantly, where you can get access to our Patreon page and you can get access your brand new t-shirt designs and there's a couple of good ones there adam that you may or may not want to be seen in wearing I, oh yeah emphasis on may not there folks i mean if you want to emulate what it's like for me as a teenager to be asked if you really like to suck it in mullingar by a full-grown adult you can wear our new shrek loves pie shirt it started as a joke they said it shouldn't be done and judging from the statistics maybe it should not have been done <laughs> hey we've already sold more than i expected to there is someone who owns it out there in the wild yes there is a legitimately quite nice a podcast season five logo on though there nice is dx green available in a variety of colors you can also get yourself a hulk hogan themed brother shirt with his busted open face we've got a new chemicals t-shirt in the cane font as well as all of our classic designs from previous years like big boss man behaving badly the season number four logo etc all those available with shipping available worldwide at our Teespring store, access it at allmylinks.com 
forward slash AE podcast. Generally spent a long time trying to find out what was the best place to give value for people in terms of quality of shirt. Oh, God. And actually be able to send it around the world and not absolutely devastate you with regards to shipping and handling, etc. hours that I spent over the last couple of months looking at every single storefront that we could use. And we're going to have to stick with Teespring. Like, unfortunately, it doesn't mean we can offer fun things like stickers and badges everywhere like we hoped we could. But it means that we're not going to have to charge like 40 quid for a t-shirt. Exactly. So I'd rather be able to do that and charge a reasonable price. So, yes, get yourself a new AE Podcast t-shirt now. Available at allmylinks.com forward slash AE Podcast. Adam, the caption du jour and the piction du jour. It's going to be... Well, we just talked about Hell in the Cell, and two things happened there. Shane McMahon had his neck broken, apparently, <laughs> and the big show dropped trail, and we've got a little bit of a situation on our hands. It's Vince McMahon looking a bit woozy, Sean and Hunter covered in blood staring at Vince, and behind them, it's the big arse of the big show. Well, it's the big show. And quite a nice bum as well. I don't know if I mentioned this on the yeah. episode, but he's got a nice arse, does Paul White. He's working it. He is. You know, and he's he's working hard for the money on his way out the door in 2006. I'm going to take us through the captions here over on facebook.com forward slash Attitude Podcast. Give us a like, give us a follow. You can even give us a rating or review there. And I'm taking us through the captions over on Twitter at AE Podcast. Robin Staniland here. Take your best shot. I'm wearing 17 layers. <laughs> oh, I brought this on myself. <laughs> Rusted Wire Witch here with, I'm seeing double here. Eight assholes. <laughs> Stuart Jenkins. WWE and The Big Show present Forbidden Door. God, Jesus. <laughs> James Leach. Using Big Show as a Trojan horse is DX's wackiest prank yet, King. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us who the hell we are. Oh. Andrew Thomas here says, insert some Simpsons reference. What, in there? No, uh, awful. Now, come on now. Come on. Transfem CC here has made, I'm going to have to describe this for you folks. It's a visual caption here, but they've captioned it so that <laughs> Vince McMahon is Billy. Me and Kevin are DX, and Big Show's ass is 2006 WWE. Yeah. And Billy, your head is going right in there, my friend. Yeah, and if you could hear the glumness in Billy when he's talking about elements of the Unforgiven episodes, <laughs> that is apropos of absolutely nothing. You want 2006, Billy? Have all the 2006 in the goddamn world. Ed Lenoir here. No caption needed. Lol. Fair enough. <laughs> Just stop this right now, then, in that case. Kid BB8 here. Well, basically, the Big Show's ass is so big, his toilet needs a lifeguard. <laughs> For fuck's sake. The Lad 44, the WWE Studios version of Human Centipede, has started production. Uh, I mean, you know, there were conversations being had at one point. Surely. Yeah. Jacob Goodnight would be no, all over no. that. I'm just saying. Devante Johnson. It's either this. We're back to OVW, pal. <laughs> <laughs> this is tragic. Plain view art here. I had a dream my life would be. So different from this hell I'm living. <laughs> Paul White shouldn't have to sell his teeth just to make the towns. Martin Peets. Wrestling when your mum walks in. <laughs> oh no, a parent, quickly, show something that is awful. From Raj Sharma here. With the deepest regrets and tears that are soaked. I'm sorry to hear 
that ECW's push finally croaked. <laughs> Heyman tried to book on his own terms. Now his contract was eaten by words. For fuck's sake. Ah, but if bringing back all the attitude involved all four of you, I would wish the reboot would die too. Be brave. Be strong. Get your laugh on track. Because lol, the attitude era never coming back. I love that. I think we've had so many Big Boss Man eulogy parodies sent into the caption contest. Always go. And I'm pretty sure it's eaten by worms is always, yeah, in, it's always there. in there. <laughs> no one can figure that line out. I think it's because when Boss Man's actually reading it out, he's like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Beeson here. It's good. It's good crack. Fantastic. Fantastic. C. Bennett Allen. This is by far the weirdest Mario Party minigame I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you think their wounds in their head are bad? Look at their fucking palms, boy. Oh, jeez. From James O'Hagan. Everybody hates my ECW title run. My life couldn't possibly get any worse. Big Show report to Hell in a Cell for a much worse duty. <laughs> Derek McLeod. It smells funny in there. No, it doesn't. <laughs> James Miller here. Yeah, maybe the three of us will swing by your ass. For fuck's sake. Conrader. One of Sean's prayer group appears in the cell to reassure DX that God's probably going to be fine with this. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Don't worry fine. about it. Jerry Trimble. Sure, Cena versus Edge had heart, but McMahon in the ass had a McMahon in the ass. <laughs> Mikey Shouter here. Hey, Vince, remember when you said I had to eat plates and plates of shit? Well, uh... You wouldn't ask me to do anything that you wouldn't do, right? <laughs> From JD Renaud. I'm Vince McMahon and I'm here to say, gonna get DX, gonna make them pay. Watch me as the ratings crumble. I'm just doing the Wrestle Rock Rumble. <laughs> We're the DX Rockers, Sean and Hunter. We bury wrestlers, even if the show suffers. I'm the King of Kings. To the Lord, I'm humble. We're just doing the Wrestle Rock Rumble. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Movie Duel Pod Big Show Bend over the rope So Vince can see your asshole Now Phil Collins Solo career Seems to be more commercial And therefore more satisfying <laughs> In a narrow way Especially songs like In the Air Tonight and, uh, Vince don't just stare at it Eat it <laughs> That's mighty upset <laughs> uh, I don't know how you can make That movie seem darker In my mind You found a way The Slim James Damn it, Paul, can't you go five seconds without embarrassing yourself? <laughs> Boing! Well, how long was that? We, we got variations on that. We got lots of varying photoshops of Vince McMahon as Lemmy Winks as well there. There you know. <laughs> Ned Baum, a repentant Shawn Michaels realizes the, oh, is that Mr. Fuji escape attempt doesn't work inside the cell. <laughs> <laughs> William Randles. Well, I'm an ass man. Fuck's sake. Red Mage Jack here. The role of Thunder will be played by Vince McMahon, and the role of Jail will be played by Big Show's big fucking ass. He's gonna fucking lock him up, baby. Chris Martin. Pictured two assholes staring at another asshole whilst avoiding the gaze of an actual asshole. Very good. Excellent. Beautiful. And a double dip here from Rusted Wire Witch to send us off. I'm damn sick and tired, sick and tired, sick and tired. Wait a minute, are we bringing back the old promo videos? What? No, it's just the echo in there. 
Well, thank you everyone for our lovely captions for this caption contest. 2024 is rolling around and we will have some spots available for sponsoring the caption contest. If you're interested, attitudearapodcast at gmail.com. That's attitudearapodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Or all the information is available on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. But now it's time for me and Adam to be strapped to our gurneys, rolled away, <laughs> and do our MMA training. <laughs> and it's time to continue Unforgiven 2006. And uh, how do you segue from that match into our next match, which is Trish and Lita for the women's title retirement for Trish Stratus? JR looks at us dead in the eyes, clearly shook from what he's just seen, and says, A very um, heartwarming situation here in the Hell in the Cell into our next situation what don't you mean heartbreaking uh yeah and then the graphic <laughs> comes oh, up good yeah. Yeah. uh trish just announced she's retiring yeah, yeah. Came out with it. her terms she's going at how she wants to time is right i don't want to become a parody of myself <laughs> i'm gonna go out of my shield and let me tell you i have always had big respect for her just being like yeah fuck it yeah i'm, I'm going. going well she got her doesn't want to like she probably saw you know put the fear of god into her a little bit and saying that was a relatively minor injury in comparison mm. i i want to be able to fucking do what i want to do I let's th- get out now i think that's like the smartest way of looking at it because you're in an industry where like she's considered to be well beyond her years for being like 30 fucking one yeah, or whatever yeah, it is. Right. and i know obviously there's a part of you that looks at that and it's like is it fucking ridiculous that like the oldest woman ever was on screen in wwe other than may young before the mid 2010s was 35 mm-hmm. and that was don marie who was being fired for being pregnant mm. but like foley wanted to retire when he was 32 yeah you know, that's how old he was in 2000 and if you've made your money and you've got other plans and she did you know she was she was married into money and she also had big big plans as well with her yoga studio and she went and she did loads of fucking acting she was someone who made herself a local star and as cole cabana says you make yourself a local star you get local work yeah. and that's why trish was on canadian canada's got talent and all these other canadian reality shows she did very very well for herself and I will argue, when she came back, this run she did in 2023. Oh, yes. Holy shit, mm, folks. Best run. If you've not seen her heel run that she did against Becky, her match at Payback 2023 yeah. is easily the best match that Trish Stratus has ever done in her life. Without doubt. It is amazing. It's a cage match. She is so good at turning the character on its head. Here, it's just, hey, I'm just going. And Lita's like, I'm going to ruin your last night. And that's kind of just an excuse to get these two women who have a bit of history to make it feel important and seismic. Pretty much. This shouldn't have been for the belt. You not think? No, because either... Because Lita is the champion, I'll point out. Either Trish is not going to win, and we know she's not going to win because she was retiring, Mm -hmm. or she's getting that belt and immediately vacating it. True. So I I think this should have been... You know what? One last time before I go, fuck you, let's fight. Mm. But I think they wanted just to kind of... Their idea, I think, is we're going to perhaps elevate this belt or reinvigorate the interest in it and maybe build some more women now that Trish is going. You know, an obvious thing to do is to do a tournament. 
But I just think you should have done like a WrestleMania 2000. If Mick Foley wins, there will be a tournament to yeah. and, you know, you, have Linda you, come out. You just have an explanation so you kind of go, all right, that could be a finish, but In we, have, scenario, we have a plan, whatever it is. Yeah. I will say it's somewhat unceremonious, the announcer retirement. I, mm, you know, the actual original announcement of it is because it just happens where like Carlito comes up to her and is like, yeah, what the fuck? I heard Lita overheard you saying you're going to retire. And it's like, oh, she's retiring, is she? Go to WWE.com. But considering this is a woman in 2006 that is more or less saying, I don't need this job. I'm going to go somewhere else. I felt sure she was going to get every fucking oh, substance get fucking yeah. covered in fucking gravy and shit <laughs> and like have her barked out of the company or whatever. They put out the red carpet for her yeah. here where they are like, Trish is the fucking star of this division. Look at the career she had. Look at what she accomplished. Well, We're going to miss her so it, much. It makes you feel like she knows where some bodies are buried. Like, yeah, I maybe. know. Maybe she knows that she's the woman who's involved with like all them segments with Vince McMahon. Those are the very segments that got carted out when Linda was running for office. True. Her stripping, barking like a dog, her being Vince McMahon's plaything, all that stuff. You know, they're having her covered in literal fucking excrement and shit for not being Vince McMahon's mistress anymore. Like, all this stuff. I think there's part of it where it's like, earnestly they recognize, here's a woman who's actually got a bit of a legacy that we can actually say, hey, look at Trish. Mm-hmm. She's a great women's champion. And that, and not just kind of, oh, Trish, she's the most downloaded babe. Of- no, she's... No, none of that. We can actually have a little bit of legitimacy. But also as well, you'd want to put out the red carpet because if she's yeah. gone... She could very easily be like, yeah, I was 24 and they told me to take off all my clothes yeah. in the ring for this fucking 60-year-old billionaire and I did it. Mm. You know, you want to keep her sweet, like, and they did. And it worked out better for them in the long run, I it think. It did. I, got, I mean, I hadn't thought of it that way. I don't see 2006 WWE being that considerate of stuff like that. I just assumed it was more like... She's not going to another wrestling company or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like when Jeff wanted to take a break or Jericho wanted to take a break. It's like, you, yeah, go, do it. Get it out of your system and then we'll be sat here waiting for you when you inevitably come back. It is funny to hear them kind of go with both Trish and Kurt like, hey, hope to see him back in the ring someday yeah. soon. And be like, fuck, it's going to be a long, <laughs> long time, time for one more so than the other. But yeah, the only thing that was kind of strange about this was that like in this video package, they highlight her career, they give her the proper fucking Lion King sad music yeah. and all that to put over how big it is. But her bit where she's like, thank you so much for going on this journey with me. That sounds like it's the culmination of this amazing speech. On that 9-11 Raw, she literally just did a match with Mickey and then yeah. went, thank you so much for going on this journey with me. Silence and just left the ring. That's it. And that was her last moment on Raw. Yeah. So I'm glad she gets the bells and whistles in the hometown pop tonight because that is a shit way to leave Raw. Mm. So here we are. And despite the fact of being put in the death spot of death spots, you've just seen a man's arse and a paralysis happen. Here comes the hometown girl done well. It's Trish Stratus who immediately gets big chance. She gets the crowd 100% behind her. Yep. That is a legitimate wrestling audience who love their hometown girl. I think that is so fucking cool. And didn't expect to see it lads can we just say how nice this is to see on this yeah. podcast yeah. have we ever seen a women's match like this before never in a million yeah. years it's crazy the closest we got to this is when they put over Maria Menounos to that one Wrestlemania fucking Jerry the King Lawler is talking about the amazing accolades of Trish's career and how important this belt is to her he doesn't go once into the mm. fucking ah the puppies none of that tonight oh, no missed puppies no, 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 no nothing no, it no, is no. all respectful yeah we get a lot, great respect respectful lines like i tell you what king 
Trish, she's such a classy individual. I think one day she'll be in the Hall of Fame alongside Sensational Sherry and a, another great woman she reminds me of. Uh, Fabulous, fabulous Moolah. No. Uh, the comparisons between <laughs> Trish Stratus and the Fabulous Moolah are numerous. <laughs> she is almost like a reincarnation. <laughs> Trish, whoa, 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 Trish Stratus, of course, a noted pimp. Uh, Jesus Christ. Keeping women hostage, uh, playing politics, uh, threatening to break people's legs if they left the compound. Jesus. Don't compare her. To that actual devil. That monster. That monster. All of the nice stuff out of the way. Mm. This match isn't very good though, is it? Oh, I, I disagree. I did not care for this match. I, I've just watched Trish's most recent run and I've reviewed all those matches on the Hate Wrestling Patreon page. And like looking at her there and looking at it now and what this was considered to be like eye-opening any good women's wrestling for the time Mm -hmm. if you weren't watching tna that was yeah but like for what we get here this time i think it's amazing i will admit by modern standards it ain't ain't that but i love the fact that both of them clearly have that last day of school like they're laying shit in here Mm -hmm. like they're they're literally fucking stiffing each other it's our last chance to do this i think that's really cool what is it you didn't like about it i just felt this is a bit sloppy just a bit slow i wanted like I wanted some more intensity from the last... Let's give it one big last fucking hurrah. Mm. And it really didn't feel like that. And I I guess it's to do with the story. You know, they're fighting because, oh, Lita spoiled that I'm retiring. Mm. it's, It's not a... It's not the ending to a fucking rivalry that's been fucking eight years long or however long it's been. You know what it should have been instead of maybe reheating this rivalry a little bit is that because she's going to be your top female baby face going forward mm. is Mickey J. Yes. And they casually just kind of made Mickey a face on, like literally yeah. they had like J.R. and Jerry be like, I like Mickey now. Don't know why. I just, <laughs> I just do. But maybe you do that kind of like super fan becomes a little bit more, she matures, she yeah. grows up. And if you had that kind of Face versus face, I respect you. You pass her the belt, they shake the hands. Maybe that might have been yeah. more of a kind of uh, epic get, feeling. Get a fucking, I'm sorry, I love you. From fucking <laughs> Mickey and Trish. Or, I'm sorry, I loved you. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I personally think Lita was the perfect choice for this final match, given that, like... The history, right? How many times in this time period can you say, those two women had an amazing history and a rivalry? Like, There's very, no one else. Not really. Trish and Mickey is the closest other thing, and that's only, like, a, what, four or five month thing? Yeah, the, the next closest after that is, like, Tori and Candice they're, yeah. they're but I think it's cool because you know whatever it is about this match maybe the intensity not being there but like I remember in season one watching you know these two have to you know roll around and take each other's clothes yep. off you yep. know or the biggest thing they could aspire to is rolling around and taking the clothes off other lesser women from WCW so like seeing these two at this level shows you and it, geez, they've miles to go, yes. And again, it gets much worse before it gets better in mm-hmm. some respects for women's wrestling. But you can see a modicum of progress here just That's from them it. two being in the ring. I, I agree with you, Billy, that it is quite a sloppy match and it's not amazing. Because I'll be honest, I think Trish and Lita, especially at this time period, aren't as amazing as people remember them to be. Lita no. in particular is Lita quite Lita never was dangerous. as good in the ring line. Yeah. You know, she's she's got charisma and she has a connection with the audience, but... They went right over that top rope and I thought it was Backlash 06 all over yeah, again. Yeah, honestly. I thought they, they did that to kind of play with your emotions mm-hmm. a bit. And on the ringside here is all soaking wet as well. Yes. Because it's a hose the, down. the big show's muffler mm. that fell out. 
<laughs> so, like, it's not great by the standard of modern women's wrestling, but knowing the history of these two, knowing that this is meant to be Trish's last match, and then knowing that both of these women over 15 years later would go on to have fabulous extra yeah. runs at the end of their career... I got super fucking swept up in the emotion of this. Like, mm. I legitimately got goosebumps watching this. Yeah, I think it was just kind of... It wasn't maybe what it was presenting itself to be at this moment in time, but maybe with the hindsight of what came before it comes after, it makes it a little bit more important. It kind of elevates it a little bit by circumstance. And I really can't put over enough that at this period of time, this is a nasty TV show. Just the fact that mm. they are being like, Trish is brilliant, we're going to miss her. Like, I still cannot believe how reverent they are here. Yeah, considering literally the week before we had Tori versus Candice in a schoolgirl match with JLR being like, I want to go back to school and take off all the young girls' underwear. Just while we're talking about that, that what's, was a what's going on? Schoolgirl paddle on a pole match. Oh man! And like Candice gets the paddle down, and Tori's like, "Oh no, spank me!" And oh, she does it. Man. And then Candice is like, "Oh, do you want to spank me? Yeah, go on then." I know it's the lack of the competition is why I want to watch something. I know, like yeah. That. Come I mean, on, take it seriously. Though. Take it seriously. Though. And then they both like <laughs> raise their hands together and wave at the audience, and like just it's like very much that was our show. Like, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, guys, thank you. Obviously, the free fringe. We can only come here with the support of the audience. <laughs> so there's a bucket going there's a around the with a bucket there, in the back. You know, thank sure. you very much, guys. So Melina misses the moonsault, and then we get the satisfaction attempted, and she gets dumped over the top rope. And yeah, a lot of near misses and kind of scary yeah. moments in this. Lena dominates the latter portion of the match as JR and King are like, maybe she'll simply retire as a loser, and that's okay. Oh. <laughs> The stratosphere, the chick kick, we get a kick out. It's pretty much like a showcase of like, hey, remember all the cool stuff that Trish can do? Yeah. And she does most of it at the end. The stratisfaction gets reversed again into a roll up. And yes, I will be pandered to the fucking sharpshooter. Uh, the pop. Oh my God. I mean, God, it, I mean really. that, this, this got, this, this popped big. Yeah. The place but, erupts. But fucking Toronto go wild for yes. this. The fucking sharpshooter, Trish wins, Lillian is crying, yeah. Lillian the crying, commentators yeah. are stood up clapping. Everyone's standing. Oh, like, I'm fucking covered in goosebumps now just talking about it. It's honestly amazing. It is, like, it is. It's so amazing. Not a lot of wrestlers get their what would be at that time their final moment no. like yeah. this not like, when it's like announced as well normally when they announce like this is going to be the retirement I start thinking of Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin and I'm like Jesus this is going to yeah. be grim aka get out yeah the <laughs> fact that Trish got treated so respectfully she won the match got a standing ovation and gets to end her career on this note mm. unheard of yeah. man I hope for Elite's retirement later on this year is going to be just as good oh look forward to that then yeah mm. cut backstage it's Todd Grisham with Randy Orton. <laughs> Fuck me, Randy's funny. I don't care about Trish Stratus and no one cares about Trish Stratus, Todd Grisham. And he starts having a pop at Carlito and just goes, no amount of apple biting will change the fact that Trish Stratus is a bitch. What the fuck? Just thrown a little jab Why? And JR's like, how indignant. <laughs> I can't believe he oh, said that. I love that. Randy so much. He's that so good. That was <laughs> fucking hilarious. It's Randy Orton and Carlito. How the mighty have fucking fallen, Randy. Honestly. I mean, I love, I love Carlito. Carlito's great. He was fighting fucking Hogan last time. I hadn't thought of How this. How does this happen this way where we go straight from, instead of thinking that Carlito's being elevated to yes. all of us are like Randy's punished? It's Randy's fault, I think, because I hadn't thought of this till in that very promo he just did. He said, 
two years ago, I was in this very same building and I won the WWE Championship. And that got me thinking, like, Jesus, he's now fighting Carlito over the fact that he hates Trish. Like, I think that really, there was an obvious idea here, which is you elevate Carlito, right? That's what the intention is. But because Carlito's been in the main events, he's been in those six man tags, mm-hmm. he's been in the ring with DX, he's been in the ring with I Cena. don't think Carlito needed elevating. Oh, he did, because he was a mid carder and he had the potential to be more than that. But I like... think he was already shown off the like you know, he was shown off the goods from mm. when we started this season. The problem you know, he is... could, you could just throw him in the mix of a, a top guy, and I think he's he's he that's what they're doing here. That's though, it, right? That is what they're yeah. doing. Not but Randy the... though. Randy needs better. <laughs> the... <laughs> I love Randy. The story just sucks. Yeah. Like Carlito is friends with Trish. Oh, maybe more than friends. They had a big fucking snog at one point on Raw, and then Randy attacked Carlito from behind and knocked Trish over. And now this has become kind of about Trish's honour ish yeah like Rand- it's a really shitty story and I get Randy's meant to be the standoffish cocky heel who thinks he's better than it all but by being the standoffish cocky heel who thinks he's better than it all it makes him kind of go yeah Carlito's I guess not that good is he mm. and I think Carlito is maybe working against in my opinion the natural way to go with him which is making him uh, a heel yes Randy is a great heel Randy can be a great face. Carlito has got really cool face offense, but I want to see Carlito be an arsehole. Yeah. That's the character I want. I don't want to see him. Like, yeah, you can do cool springboards and cannonballs off the top, all the cool shit, but like, honestly, I want to see him spit his apple in the face of people who yeah. don't want to be cool. Especially if you want to make him a main event guy. I think yeah. that's how you're going to do it. I, w- I want to see him eat a uh, a heel apple, otherwise known as a, a peach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can eat a heel apple for days. You Spit know? in the stone right in someone's face. <laughs> oh, you get right in the eye. <laughs> Gimmick. I will say both these lads, in terms of like our match ratings and quality and things that we've picked out, to the standouts this season. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know? for sure. Absolutely. And we got an early spit by Carlito in this one, who does come out trying to give you the, like, this is more serious. Me, I'm... I'm You've done it now. But with that... Yeah. That doesn't vibe. It takes me out when the music stops and is quiet for about three seconds <laughs> and then starts I again. I hate that the music stops. Because what you need instead is that, that quiet bit and then you go and it's the stab from Jesus when he stabs John Cena. <laughs> and I get Jesus to stab people who don't want to be cool. I tell you what, this this cat, uh, this Carlito dude... So that stuff he's doing in ring is fucking amazing. God, back to back springboards yeah. is literally one, like one to the other, yes. like one rope, one set of ropes to the other set of ropes. You don't, people don't really do that nowadays. This is too good for this era. Like this, mm. it almost doesn't fit in. Like he's literally doing stuff that, like when I'm showing you like random luchadors from AEW. Yes. Like, look at Commander. Look what he yeah. can do. It's like Carlito's doing that shit as well. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he is. He is one of those lads who I swear he can show you 15-20% of what he can actually do. Because mm. I think he can do a hell of a lot more than he's shown you here. And I think with the right motivation, he could probably reach that next level. Yes. But he was always going to be an underachiever in that respect because he was never A, going to get to show you what he could do or B, be put in a position where he can work on that style because this isn't the style for a main eventer in their minds I think no. you know it's fucking cool though it is yeah. it gets big pops Jeff fucking look out man yeah <laughs> this is what that match should have been yeah, yeah. Jeff and Morrison sure. should have been this for sure uh oh we are two minutes in and Randy Orton has already got 
an extremely bloody mouth. He has cut his tongue and his chin and his yeah. lips. And ah, yes, maybe that cool and ring style that we were talking about. Maybe you guys aren't ready for that. Just about yes, uh, yeah. Oh. In the replay, it was a second springboard, the moonsault, elbow, whoop, bam, right in Randy's face. And Randy, of course, Adam and Billy, known as being a uh, Mister Level-headed, <laughs> cool, calm, one cool customer, stupid. Unfortunately, there wasn't a bag for him to shit in, <laughs> and as a result, the aggression is taken off in what is basically. A very passive-aggressive remainder of the match. I feel like the company were almost asking for this to happen. With The show has been Sauce City lately. Everyone's <laughs> been getting the sauce every fucking week. Adam, please, for those who aren't listening in it often enough, the sauce is not just blood. What it's is the sauce? Specifically when your neck or mouth has been injured and, <laughs> and all the red, thick goo comes out of the mouth. It, it mixes in with the cerebrospinal fluid, a.k.a. the corn starts... It comes out like strawberry milkshake. Yeah, the corn starts slurry of the body. Yeah, no, it's, it's a deep red, though, Billy. It is a dark red mm. sauce. And Kane actually got sourced recently on Raw when he got the Super Samoan spike off the second rope. But when Kane did it, you see him like going, coughing up the blood. And then it's like, how did it get on his shoulder? And why is it on the back of his head as well? And then you can see on the canvas the little fucking ketchup sachet. <laughs> oh, no. He like, he fucking laid on it after oh, he'd used no. it. <laughs> Yeah, Randy has... He's got it everywhere. And yeah, that's shoot sauce, I should say. I bring this up because... Hard it, sauce. This it's is, <laughs> this is the real sauce. sauce. And there was one moment where I'm like, okay, it's working from a bit because he looks extremely angry and demented because he is. Yeah. And then it, he did that evil smile and he looked like, you know, like one of them cool, edgy, dark-sided pedophile jokers they'd have. <laughs> and like, you know... Batman, there's another pedophile escape from Arkham Asylum for criminally insane pedophiles. <laughs> I must protect the children. You know, that one of those ones. Like, he's, he's, uh, he's wearing the face of another pedophile. Stop saying pedophile. <laughs> so he's, he's got that going from there. It's a thing of beauty to watch Randy Orton work out frustrations in real time with the longest... No, 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 you want a main event, kid? Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. That headlock is yeah. like three quarters of the match. Yeah. Oh, what's the matter? Did you want did you want to be elevated? <laughs> Sorry. You should have elbowed me right in my mouth. And Carlito is just kinda like, okay, man, whatever. Like, you don't need to tell this man twice to not bring his A game. Yes. And I think it gets kind of snuffed out. It dies it right does, now. It does, unfortunately. Usually between matches is when you see someone's light go away. No, but you see it, like, you can actually go frame by frame. Carlito <laughs> goes from here we go to, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this is how it's going to be, is it? I'm going to be, this is, this is the Carlito who conspired with Sandman in 2007 to do a Singapore cane on a pole match that featured zero bumps and Sandman <laughs> in a shoot interview went it was great working with Carly man he came up to me and said I want to do fucking nothing tonight and I was like yo I want to do fucking nothing either and then they show him a clip of the match and they're literally circling around the ring for a minute and a half and he's like <laughs> that's so good okay Sandman's a broken down alcoholic in his late 40s at that point Carlito's in his late yeah. 20s Carlito's just jaded yeah. blue chipper <laughs> look what Randy Orton did to him uh, we 
Carlyle comes back with the, the comeback, a little stiff ski at points there, brother. Mm. And then that finish, hey, super That's cool. gorgeous, yeah. yeah. He goes for the double springboard again. There's a little bit of waiting around, kind of setting it up, but Randy's just there prone. Boom, we get the super RKO. Commentary lose their minds over it. Is, it was cool. You don't see it, it all the time. Man. Was, was this one of the first RKOs out of nowhere? One of the first springboard mm. yeah. ones. Now, Shelton had obviously, we would had one with Shelton at one That's point. True. You know, and there have been ones kind of out of nowhere in inverted commas, but this is probably up to this point the most spectacular one. Because yeah. JR and King lose it. It's really fucking cool. It, it is really cool. Spot it's, of the it night, saves like. this match, really. Yeah. Yeah. Randy wins. Get thee to a local medical facility for immediate dejokerification. <laughs> I'm sure Carly will be alright as well, but Aww. yeah, man, I loved Carly for the first couple of uh, podcast yeah. episodes we did this mm. season. Thought him and Masters was a fun, odd couple team. Yeah, he was. I liked seeing someone kind of figuring out as he was going along with getting more of a push. But yeah, this babyface thing and the shit with Randy. Uh-uh. He gets into a feud with Ric Flair that becomes a tag team that kind of goes nowhere. And what? I'm pretty sure it's like a holding pattern for both guys. Okay, look keep, forward to seeing that. Mm. Oh, oh no, Rick Carly. Oh, you actually have to cut out all those bits on worksheet one. And glue them onto worksheet two, <laughs> and then cut those out and put them in your binder. Oh, what do you know? It's that's it. It's oh, next period now. Oh, the weekend. Run out of time. <laughs> it's main event time. John Cena versus the Rated R superstar Adam the Egg Copeland in a tables, ladders, and Sean O'Hare's match. Oh my! <laughs> you do not put your hands on the WWE champion and, and throw me in that disgusting cesspool known as the Long Island Sound. You need to fire John Cena. I want John Cena out of my life. You want me gone? Fine. Here's your ticket. This right here is a three-year contract straight off the desk of Teddy Long to SmackDown. I got no problem signing it. I just need one thing from you. And that's one more match for the WWE title. You win... I sign on the dotted line, no questions asked, and I'm out of your life. Fine, I'll do it. With two conditions. Number one, I name where the match takes place. And number two, I name what kind of match it is. Deal. It's gonna be unforgiven in my hometown, Toronto, Canada. And I've decided what match it's gonna be. Oh my god! A match you've never had! A match I've never lost! Tables, ladders, and chairs! The secret to this build, folks? Less was in fact more. We saw only a little bit of John and Edge, pretty much every episode, five, ten minutes. We weren't in hotel rooms. We weren't in fucking West Newbury, Massachusetts. Yeah. It was simply like you knew the feud was set up. It was there. We had like a contract signing with John for you know saying, hey, give me the match or I'll go to SmackDown if I lose. And other than a couple of gratuitous six-man tags, there wasn't a lot going into it really. Those six-man tags were gratuitous. They took up a lot of Raw. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's just Raw at this point though, isn't it? Like... Yeah, and yeah, we didn't see as much of them. But we were still seeing them every week, consistently. We were still getting these segments. I'm so over this feud at this point. Like, I, I've got very little good to say about these guys. I'm 
feel like we've been watching these two feud for fucking ever at this point. I feel like this is like the first time you got to see like main event Edge. Yeah, really? and I, I've I've not been blown away by him to be honest. Some of the promos he's been doing recently have been really fucking rough. Any like, standout performances? Mm, there was the one he did sat on top of the ladder when he was talking about TLC and he's got some good talking points John's never been in the TLC Edge has never lost a TLC that's a really cool mm. little wrinkle but him much like Johnny Nitro and Molina felt very rattled by the live crowd and easily thrown off like he's not had any particular clunky, clunky lines or bad moments he just his delivery doesn't scream main event champion guy to me he's kind of run has been effective in the sense that he seems to be one of the only people who can get people to boo him and cheer John. You know, outside of hometown disadvantage or whatever it may be. And he is working overtime to do that. But I feel like when you're determined to make people boo you no matter what, sometimes the character goes out the window. And he's went Mm -hmm. from being the calculated ultimate opportunist sleazy guy to just being like a random like after SummerSlam he went around the ring going wrong 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 yeah. wrong yeah. wrong that was fun actually he's... he did the little whoop, 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 in the ring he's a victim of Flanderserization kinda yeah <laughs> he's like he's, he's kind of gone to the point of he has gone to the point of parody mm. I think of what he I think you've come in at the wrong point that's what it feels like, like you, you've come in just as he's gone over that that crest of before we go into the parody. See, I feel like his best stuff is yet to come. I feel there's some good, there's, there is some good stuff When to he's come. on SmackDown with Vicky and The Undertaker, and what the benefit is, is that you just have this like backlog of two years of Edge doing all this bullshit, where you're watching it week to week, and you're going, this is kind of bullshitty. But then you have that built up, so you have the backstory of, like, this guy will do anything. Mm. He'll pull out any fucking trick, anything nasty, and all of a sudden then you have someone where it's his character trait to do the most low-down, despicable thing, and him losing the belt all the time doesn't mean as much because he'll do anything to get it back. And that's kind of an interesting wrinkle and not many people are queuing up to be the piece of shit coward heel who will do anything, whatever it is. But look, I'll tell you, John Cena's at his best when they book him as the guy who's going in knowing that everyone's against him. We saw it at One Night Stand. You know, we saw it a little bit at WrestleMania 22. Mm -hmm. And when Edge comes out with the big shitty lean grin and he's in the hometown, but it's not all the kind of like, you people are sheep. He is genuinely... Loving the fact that his crowd are all here for him. Oh yeah, he's he, soaking it up. He boy. does, and he's equal parts ha ha ha, but also like this is pretty damn cool, man. Mm. You know, I I do like that because sometimes when heels are like ha 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 ha, sheep will cheer me. Yeah, like, I fucking hate that. Lame because heels ultimately are human beings and every human being loves when people cheer for them right and if you're like Bailey and there's a hundred thousand people cheering for you at Clash of the Castle, whatever, and you're like those fools, I'm like. Be, be real like yeah. come on like so John Cena comes out with that look like he has to walk through hellfire and brimstone and Canadians to get to what he wants and I fucking love that John's all determined yeah. he's got to run through this like he runs through most scenes in the marine <laughs> the commentators however have to do their homework to let you know why people are booing John who gets booed more often than not now at this point mm. and why Edge is being cheered well, I think everyone in this crowd's been brainwashed because Edge has been on every TV show and the radios he calls them up and then they call him back. And everyone here in Canada's brainwashed 
They all think they like Edge. They think they like but him. They don't. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> it. I mean, like, is is it just literally so hard to say that you know, even though he's a villain, it's his home, like it's his fucking home country. Yeah, and people want to will always cheer for someone from their neck of the woods. People are proud because the WWE champion comes from here. Like, it's easy. And there's kind of an oddness here because they still don't want to admit that people just don't like John. Mm-hmm. And they're at the point now where people really like when we're we're coming into the bad run. Of Cena now in terms of people Ooh. starting to hate him exponentially and bef- you know Edge's in the ring you've given me 10 minutes of saying why people should hate Edge and why these people may seem to be cheering Edge but there's a reason for that and this is why all these these, these horrible things he's done to make them cheer him we're waiting for John to come out there are pre-John boos mm-hmm. and JR and King are like well, you know, folks, some people still hate Edge, irrespective of all. <laughs> like, you won't even admit that people are anticipating Boo and John. They're like, in spite of everything we've just told you, some of these people still hate Edge. And that's what that's that's who's booing now. They're booing yeah. Edge. Maybe some people came from south of the border to help out John tonight. I just find it so bizarre <laughs> that they just like through all this, they just refuse to turn him heel. Yeah, I know. That Never ever fixed your problem. Mm-hmm. Would have fixed your problem. Well, oh, oh, worked out well for everyone in the end didn't it like yeah. i think it's the biggest anti-ovation he's gotten since wrestlemania 22 but that was to be expected i guess we could include one, one night, night stand. stand but that yeah. is you know you're dealing with the like, twenty thousand people booed him here as opposed to like five thousand people mm. booed him or whatever it is and jr literally goes that damn edge he's preconditioned this audience to boo john fuck off <laughs> oh my god their actual favorites <laughs> sign of the night is uh, John Cena fears work race. <laughs> oh, bless. And out of the blue, because I think someone in the headsets is like, oh shit, the partners. They went, Canadians love WWE though. Generally speaking, they're, they're a great audience, great partners here up north. Because mm-hmm. they, they were like worried that they thought that, oh, everyone Canada's a heel. Like, you know, we don't want to bury them. So there's a lot of spinning plates Jesus here. Jesus Christ, yeah. Fucking snowflakes, man, back in 06, right? Everyone's too <laughs> sensitive. The WWE title, of course, being raised above the ring, unrecognisable due to its shocking new design. There is one lone pro Cena sign I caught in the audience, and it said, Raw is Cena, and I'll eat my hat in all of years if that is not one that was handed out by an intern to someone. Oh, most definitely. Raw, it's the only one we got! (laughs) (laughs) They do that No Way Out 2000 thing that Cactus and Triple H did, where it's like, here's a potted five-minute mini-match before we touch any of the gimmicks. I like that. And I like that, and I also like that the crowd, unlike at No Way Out 2000, actually get in on it. Mm -hmm. They're hot. One thing I don't like about this is that when you have that knowingness that the crowd are going to go hooray for everything, they're like, here we come, John. Where's the punch? And when you know you're going to get the slow motion, baby town, yay boo frolics, Mm. it made the first five minutes kind of like, I almost wanted to skip it almost. Like, get into the actual wrestling now, please. Yeah. I know you have the crowd in the palm of your hand. I will be very well aware of that fact throughout the match. You don't need to ham it up anymore. Much like my breakfast this morning, the beginning of this match was all egg. <laughs> well, I had like just eggs, just eggs, just eggs. I did. Sometimes I'll do just eggs now. Yeah. How yeah. many eggs are we talking? I had three eggs in a cup. Okay, that'll fill you up. I was. I'm nice that'll and full still. Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah. it's good. I think eggs. Just imagining three fried eggs in a mug. It's like an aphrodisiac, I hear. So I figured out why Edge is considered to be one of the all time greats and not just a spot monkey, which is he does lots of teases that he is going to do high spots. 
and then he does high spots. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him a great worker, as opposed <laughs> to someone who just does spots. you got to pretend to not do them first, folks. Is Edra still a baby face here, would you say? Little bit. Like, we're kind of leaning on Lita a lot here yes. to be like, Edge is a heel, don't forget, yes. still nasty. She's not here yet, though. Not no, yet, not no. Yet. The, the Cena's not here. working that kind of, not heel, but not face. Yeah. He was doing, like, one-night stand. He's not doing that. No. He, he is wrestling as a baby face. Yeah. I'd say Edge, though, one thing he's definitely doing is taking advantage of being in the main event, in his hometown, as the champion, Busting out a bunch of really cool shit. He does like a drop kick off the barricade into the ladder that's set up on Cena. Yes. Like there's a lot of like cool spots. Yeah. But I don't know about you. There's something about, and maybe it's watching too much modern wrestling, but fuck me, like this match used to be like on the ultimate pedestal for me as being one of the all-time ladder matches. Really? But it just feels like as the years have went on, and not just match quality is so much higher now constantly, there's great matches every week. I've missed more great matches than I probably have seen in the mm. last week. And that's, you know, that's not through lack of trying to watch all the great matches. But man, I feel like I see ladder matches 10 times a month yeah, now. way too often. And I've seen every fucking spot. Uh-huh. And it's not as if I have great, hyper nostalgia for edge or john cena because i'm watching them on tv now week yeah. to week as well mm-hmm. on 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 both wwe and my supposed alternative to wwe mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to take this at face value and not just kind of slightly less good of what i see already now yeah, I feel like TLC matches in particular, like anytime I'm, anytime I'm anticipating watching a TLC match, it's like, it's going to be another one of these then, is it? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. nothing exciting or special about it. I- I'm not sure I would go out of my way to watch this one again. That being said, I actually did really enjoy watching this match. Oh, it, it's, it's still really good. It really surpassed my expectations. Because like I said, I've been so fucking arms folded about these two. When this came to be the main event, and I was like, it should have been the Hell of the Cell that was the main event. Mm. I could not have been more, like, grumpy about this. And mm. they fucking won me round. Cena takes some fucking licks. He does it off. They both do. And yeah. I think if there is, like, you know, something to be said about, you know, these types of matches, and there have been so many of them, often what's lacking in them is a little bit of a story or just a little bit of a thought of why things are happening. Both Cena and Edge feel have very well-defined reasons for wrestling the way they do in this match. Mm -hmm. And I feel they wear it on their faces very, very well. John, in particular, is given a performance that, like, you know, he gets the praise non-stop for One Night Stand. This one, I don't think he gets as much praise for. But he has that proper, I'm a big, brave boy, and I don't care that everyone hates me here in Canada. (laughs) I'm still going to beat the shit out of Edge. And Edge, boys... He tries to do the Shelton Benjamin run up the ladder spot, and oh. he is not. He's got them Jimmy legs. He yeah. ain't got them Shelton legs. Sweet Jesus Christ! I was heart in my mouth for that bit. Scary. I, yeah, good lord. But there's all sorts of botches in this one, not just scary ones like that. Silly ones too, like the silly sausage sunset flip that no. they do. Misses the table completely. Big boos from the crowd after that. And then he just like, he does that kind of like, I'm going to slam him through the table anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to see how we end up with that whole, you know, for, standard going forward where John Cena like takes 90% of the match and then he comes yeah. back right at the end. But at least it makes sense here, I feel. Because so, John kind of feels like he's not at home with all the elements that Edge is. That's it. Edge is the one who uses the chair, the ladder, the table. Yep. He uses all of them before John does. John gets into it when Edge misses the concerto. And let me tell you, folks, nothing scarier than 2006 John Cena with a ladder. Oh, Jesus. You be careful with that, young man. 
does the FU to the ladder to edge. That is a cool ass spot, but yeah. man, that's gotta fucking hurt, right? Yeah, then he does the STF into the ladder with Edge in there yeah, as well. Yeah, squished in between the two legs. The yeah. best STF he's ever done yes. in his life. Love like. that, yeah. Nice tightened up there with a ladder. <laughs> yeah. And I love as well because John gets up and he goes, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, that <laughs> is what you're talking about. Fuck yeah. And at this point, when John went for the five knuckle shuffle, I'm like, do the five knuckle shuffle and pin him one, two, three. <laughs> but instead, John climbs all the way up goes up the top of the ladder mm-hmm. and the five knuckle shuffle which I will remind is, is euphemism for having a wank it is mm-hmm. he climbs up the top of the ladder for his wank doesn't big he big tall wank he does a long one and he does a special pre-wank grunt <laughs> <laughs> he does the five knuckle shuffle off the ladder and whoa his hand is bleeding Jesus how big a wank was this <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell and it's 2006 so come here to me John Boom! Oh, God. God, John Cena, his chances of winning this match have been knocked clean out of his head. He's been hit in the head with a chair so hard, he doesn't know how to climb a ladder anymore. Jesus Christ. You can take the 97 out of JR. Yeah. yeah. But I don't actually know. I don't think you can do that, actually. No. Good Lord, it's 06 and headshots for days, folks. It was dirty. John gets uh, sandwiched on table bread. I hate this. Brackets right, Vita. Like, Edge doesn't hit the move. What he's got, he's got a table set up, John lying on that table, and then on top of that table, there's another table <laughs> making a little roof over John What's Cena. He so if Edge dived off the top rope like he intended, he's putting himself through a table. It'll look onto... cool, though. It That's would look true. cool. It'll and look we all cool. did it with our toys, yeah. Make a nice crunch. Oh, whoa! So did you have two tables? When I played with Steven, he would bring his table around and I'd use oh, my table. Crazy. And it's like, oh, but it breaks in half really easily, so to be careful with it. And put yeah, it there yeah I just had the one table, so we had. You know, table match. It would just be a table match. Like, mm-hmm. you know, where we realize only one table gets broken. That's it. Stop the match. <laughs> you make your wrestler put the table in the corner yeah. <laughs> and then make his opponent throw him into it, get the DQ victory. Season mode is a breeze, baby. Yes, please. Gamesmanship available shortly <laughs> on patreon.com. It doesn't happen though, this, this move, because Edge gets up onto the top rope, goes to John Vincenzo, and is like, I am awake now. Yeah, yes. just run. Hello. Get back. He's Stop gone. You. Yeah, he pushes him off the top all the way to the outside. Biggest with... boo of the night, actually. Mm. <laughs> John Cena, according to Jim Ross, saved his soul. His soul. Yeah. And he gets a nice long ladder. Oh, don't worry, Undertaker. <laughs> I'm very high up above your compound. <laughs> I'm very tall a ladder. <laughs> Edge does the littlest tribute to WrestleMania 17. He does the spear off the ladder to John on the other ladder, but it's like... It's a little mini version of it, isn't it? It's like if you and your mates did it on the playground. Yeah. Off the swing, onto the fucking slide. Oh my God. At this almighty. point, with both these lads down, I was dying. Lights go out. Listen here, chickadee. Like, <laughs> run out to make the save. Johnny but... Fabulous and his millions of dollars. <laughs> he took four hours to make chicken cacciatore, <laughs> but it'll only take him ten minutes to beat up Edge's eyes. <laughs> John starts doing guttural coughs. Great job, champ, doing the salad there like that. Edge dives onto John, but John catches him. I think he's going to F you him up the ladder. But no, instead, he picks him up into a powerbomb. And he dumps him into the upright corner of a ladder. Ooh. What were you thinking? That was fucking scary. Yeah. I thought he'd killed him. That was grotesque. Fucking ouch. 
John winds up and gives Edge the lightest feather touch. Landstorm boot out of ECW chair shot. He gives him the little It's yeah. so light. And like Edge still sells it like hell. And of course, the announcer's like, John didn't get all of that. Yeah, he didn't get all that, but he got enough of it. Yeah, he got all he wanted of it. Yeah. All he wanted. Yeah. All right, like, he didn't want to do any more damage than that, actually. He's hurt Edge enough as it is. Now, Leah comes out here, and John immediately goes sailing to the outside. Didn't expect him to do no Bubba Ray Dudley fucking top rope. no. Top of the ladder fucking dive like that. The tall ladder. Yeah. Like, she tips him right out to the outside through a table. And then Jerry, super casual... Cena's been broken in half thanks to that bitch leader. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> just dropping it. Like. Whatever pretense there was about, because we've called her a Jezebel, yep. a harlot, witch, mm-hmm. harless witch, that no good. They they call her a hoe. Yep. But man, JR calls her a bitch. Yep. King calls her a bitch. JR calls her an evil bitch. Yep, super cavalier. As JR is calling her an evil bitch, John F. use her and they're literally like God. get her get that evil bitch Lita has been cancelled and I think you know what F. you and her and calling her an evil bitch I think you lads are going to be cancelled probably more Just likely to refresh ourselves what is it that she's done that is so nasty exactly she pushed John off the ladder and then accidentally <laughs> pushed Edge off the ladder as well if anything she was the great levelling hand in this right? match both men went off the ladder because of, of Leah. But, like, historically, she's not exactly done the most evil things in the world. She interferes in matches. Her and Edge try to have sex on telly once. It's come back on the, on the headsets. It's Matt Hardy. Yeah, right? yes, she is it's a, Matt Hardy. Uh, an evil witch, You're a.k.a. Right. a bitch. Because yeah. <laughs> even though, outside of the story, everyone fucking blamed her for it. You're right, yeah. yeah. She's that's, that's still all got it is. that heat. There's, 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 there's 100% backstage heat on Lita. Here, here you at home listening. Do you still think that, do you? Yeah, do you? big fucking freak. (laughs) (laughs) John Cena heads up the ladder. Edge to F you through all the fucking diddly do. John wins as JR screams, he's maybe the baddest son of a bitch we ever did see. All right, Jim. Cena does not look happy. I mean, he's got fucking banged up in this one. He wouldn't be. No, but like, normally you get kind of like a, yeah, we did it. Or like a happy reaction from John after win. Mm. He looks fucking pissed off here. The one sweet thing is, I don't know if you caught it, when he went down, there was one person he went to in the audience. Johnny Fabulous himself. His dad was there, and he went over there and he said, Dad, I love you. And uh, they had a little recap on the WWE Untold, and in separate rooms they were filmed separately. They were like, uh, I, I, say that you love your son. I love you, John. And then John's like, uh, at that point, I loved my dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Fair play to Johnny Fabulous. He was sat in the front row all night. And, and, he, didn't, and he, he didn't, Michael Clark Duncan. That's what it. I would expect yeah. from him. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I thought he would have Shane Douglas he'd take off the fucking Mexican wrestling mask. It's me. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> well that's your main event it yeah. was definitely one that was a, a standout on this show but I feel like in 06 there's a lot of matches that are a victim of the time just so much has come since then and yeah. no more like ladder matches TLC matches there's there's more of them than anything else I think if there's one type of match that's been overdone in modern times it's been all the variants on that in 06 
a singles main event TLC outside of yeah. a SmackDown versus Raw playthrough was simply unheard of. True. So this was like really exciting, but man, and Edge is, you know, I don't say he's the chief offender, but like Edge is having this match against Jeff, he's having this match against Undertaker, he's doing a lot of these going forwards singles TLC matches it becomes the kind of signature main event match for a lot of this late 2000 period still very very good and by John's standards one of the more competent main events because it all made sense yes. I'm fully ready for the fucking John Cena autopilot yeah. just getting up because the AI says he has to but this wasn't fully that no like, no it all made sense there was logic here and both men were very fucking giving of their bodies in this one like above and beyond don't think John needed to go off the top of the ladder I don't think he needed to take the chair shot to the head no. I don't think Edge needs to go off the ladder twice I will say the FU through two tables where Edge kind of sits up and it all clatters on top Oof. of him that's one of the most beautiful table breaks I've ever seen. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I would say easily that's my match of the night. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys, though, we might as well get into match of the night MVP for Unforgiven 06. For me, I think I'm going to go match of the night, obviously, with this one. I'm going to go MVP for uh, for Edge, who I thought threaded the needle of being the main event badass, but also was, you know, he, he stopped and he smelled the roses, it felt like here. Yeah. You know? Match of the night, unquestionably the main event. It's the only match that I thought was good on this pay-per-view. Mm. So by by reason of that, it's, it is the match of the night for me. MVP, special mention to Edge. I'm giving MVP to Big Match John. Yeah. It, he They keep putting him in situations that he's just going to be so fucking bad for your fucking mental health. Fucking WrestleMania 22, one mm. night stand, fucking Toronto. They keep putting him in these situations where anyone would be fucking beside themselves. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? He's someone who then gets labelled with a uh, handed everything, shoved down your throat, yeah. this, that, and the other. You easy road to the top. You want, you want to say, if you think John Cena had an easy road to the top... He it, did not have a fucking easy road. Yeah, and the only one who had the worst time in 06 was Big Show, it seems. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, John didn't have to be jumping off, falling off the top, the top of the ladder. He didn't have to be taking the chair shots and going through tables and shit. And that's right, he didn't have to do that. He's already at that point mm -hmm. with, with his fucking relationship in the company where he can say, nah, I don't really fancy that. And he, he and Vince McMahon would say, fine, okay, you don't have to do that. I mean, he takes he it seriously. He chooses to do it. Know? He takes it seriously. Yeah. And he does it well. And, and he does it well. And he wants the fans, even if they don't like him, he likes them and, it, and he wants them to go home with something memorable. Hell, they don't like me. But they'll remember me taking that fucking tumble off that ladder. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it was something interesting at this point as well is that in you know, 06 when John became the champion, I watched an interview with Jonathan Coachman recently mm. who was all sorts of bitter about his time in WWE. Vince didn't pay my expense, uh, expenses and uh, I'll never work for him ever again. <laughs> Unless he offers. Son of a bitch. Yeah, never mind the, the sexual abuse and being all that. But never mind it's... The money uh, is <laughs> mine. It's the real issue. <laughs> the money was mine. Yeah. So but he said that around, in this time in 06, Flair was in John's ear being like, you're the world champion. you got to buy drinks for all the boys. you got to be the last one in the bar. Buy a drink for buy me drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and John didn't even drink at the time. All of a no. sudden he was drinking every night. Do you know how much apparently on the UK tour after WrestleMania 22 that they did? You know, they did like 10 nights mm. across Europe. John, every night was buying drinks for everyone. He had to ring up to get in advance. 
because he'd spent £50,000, not dollars. Fuck me. And back in 06, that's, yeah, that's, that's when it, nearly that's when it double that. Yeah, yeah our money was money. better. Big, yeah. big money. So there's a man who's literally given away the fucking paydays to everyone around him to prove to them, to the boys, and he's there fucking jumping off ladders mm-hmm. to prove to the cynical fucking hassle maniacs of the yeah. day who were like, yeah, whatever job, but maybe we should rock the boat. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it, it's, it's interesting because obviously we've gone into this, this season where you know we're following the story of DX. That's obviously been the intent, but it really feels like the, the real story of of this has has been John absolutely, mm. and it will continue to be that until we get to WrestleMania twenty three. DX aren't doing a whole lot of anything, yeah. are they? And they're not the main event but act anymore. But like... we've ha- we've had that a couple of times, you know, when we've gone in with a an idea of the season that this is going to be the focus. And while while that is the the focus, obviously the main focus of the season, we do find ourselves with our own little story yeah, and our yeah. season three was meant to be about the invasion but for us it became like isn't stone cold so yes. funny <laughs> like, well, it's about 9-11 like, you know. <laughs> oh of course yeah, yeah. yeah and this season it is john was good yeah you know john yeah. john was good john was always cool yeah <laughs> just you and i together <laughs> forever, forever. <laughs> <In> <laughs> and, and he uh of the night mvp echoing billy for mvp complete agreement yeah. for the same reasons john didn't need to do half the shit he did but he did it and he looked fucking great doing it as well i wasn't as crazy about the main event match as you guys were even though it was a very good match but I have to say, while the actual in-ring wasn't amazing, the Lita and Trish match... Emotion-wise. Emotion-wise, yeah. such an amazing presentation mm. and such a thing that I did not think 2006 WWE it's, were capable of doing. It's, it's a wrestling white whale. It is. It it's is. so, so fucking unheard of. And I've got to give it my match of the night for that because out of all of these matches, that was the one that gave me the biggest feelings. Like I got the most emotion mm. out of that one by far. And Adam, that feeling that you're feeling, mm? that's a real feeling. Yeah. What did you think of Unforgiven? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your audio, make sure you leave us know a little bit of a rating or review. Hey, if you're on Spotify, you can answer the question what did you think of this episode let us know and as always you can follow us on social media at ae podcast or facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast on both of those social media pages you will find a ton of video content we have got clips from classic episodes clips from current episodes and clips previewing our patreon content if there's anything you have heard from this episode you would like to see set to video form get in touch with us on either of those pages patreon.com slash ae podcast we've got well over 200 hours of content on there now we are well into the invasion era on smackdown crawl we're in the over 100 episodes of that is available you have got the Bibliotech, yeah. you have got the Reading Ranch with yeah. the insane revisiting of Journey into Darkness. You have got gamesmanship video episodes that are simply too fantastic for you to not check out. You've got the new album review series, Corporate Ministry of Sound. You've got Chaos Comics and other comic reviews with Adam and Billy. And you've got all sorts of extra goof scaffs and side content along the way. A minimum of two new pieces of content each and every month. You get access to that entire back catalogue for as little as $5 a month. There are monthly Q&As available for $10 backers. And if you like the sound of the Marine or see no evil or... I think I like him. I think I like the Scorpion King and maybe the Chaperone. <laughs> you can check out all the audio commentary tracks are available at patreon.com slash podcast For the Dan Severn backers, 
you get over a baker's dozen of audio commentaries for a one-off $20 backing. That's all available at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. No ads on this show because of our lovely backers at patreon.com slash AE podcast, brother. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to matthewsbotchermania.com. We got Cyber Sunday coming up, so there's three votes, three options for the vote. Stuff, things, Sergeant Slaughter. (laughs) (laughs) That's the true boys picks right there, you know. I think you might have a walk in with this one, Billy. That might be your best ever. (laughs) Until next time, if you vote for us all to do it, of course, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. We'll see you next time on the Anshira Podcast. 